I am your host today, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl. Welcome back to another episode of The Kuehl Show, everyone. As I once again almost forgot to turn on my lovely and amazing microphone here. We are live once again here on a Monday night here, February the 22nd of 2021. Here on 12-Ounce Sports, it's on that corner over there, 12-Ounce Sports. Whether you're watching us on Facebook, whether you're on the Twitters, whether you're on YouTube, or whether you're on Channel 761 on Zingo TV, if you want to check it out, because don't forget, we're not the only network on Zingo TV. This is not, that's not just, you know, us. There's like lacrosse and international basketball. If you love sports, go on Zingo TV, Channel 761, sign up for free using the promo code 12-Ounce, that's one 2 O Z or Z for you improper English users. I am Tyler Kuehl here saying thank you once again for tuning in with us here this evening. A lot to get to today on today's show. We'll get to all that though in just a moment because we got to thank our amazing sponsors, including mybookie.ag in that corner. Mybookie.ag for all of you folks in Michigan or, you know, just if you're around the country as well, you can go on there and bet legally now. Online gambling is legal here in the state of Michigan. Mybookie.ag. Sign up for free using the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS and get on there and win. Betting on your favorite sporting events, whether it be hockey, basketball, baseball, starting up here in a month. Win and get paid on mybookie.ag. And, of course, as always, Second String Leather Company in that corner on the laptop as well. Get on there, secondstringleather.com. 50% off certain wallets. They got a great selection as always, guys. So many different collections. But, of course, they have wallets, bathroom bags, keychains, coasters, pillows, shirts. I mean, I'm not wearing the shirt today or the hat today, but they have all that cool stuff on secondstringleather.com. Hashtag crafted from the crease. And the shirt I'm wearing today is um, it's actually a shirt my mom got me for my birthday. It is Tommy Pickle. It's Tommy Pickles. And Charles Finster, Chucky Finster from Rugrats. It's kind of like, it's like a very elaborate form of like, like Tommy Hilfiger. So, but it's Tommy and Chucky. So I, I call it, you know, Tommy Hilfiger, Tommy Chuckles. It's what I, what I'm calling this, this brand, this non-existent brand. Cause I, I was a Rugrat growing up as my, my, my mom and dad always called me. And also I watched Rugrats all the time. Like the day Kelly tells me that, you know, she has, you know, she's pregnant a, one of two things will happen. One, we'll just make sure. And two, we're also going to make sure that I have access to the entire collection of Rugrats, which includes both movies. I have both movies on VHS somewhere. In my, I think probably sure my grandmother's basement. Also, I have want to make sure that I have the entire series. Netflix did have the entire series at one point, but I'm not quite sure now. Then again, I don't go on Netflix a whole lot. Usually I'm so busy watching hockey or whatever Kelly wants to watch. It's either one or the other. However, though... We made progress yesterday here in the Kuehl household. Ready for this, guys? We watched D2 and D3. Can you believe it, guys? We were able to do both the second and the third Mighty Ducks yesterday. It was awesome. Why was it awesome? Because Kelly has, for some reason, had it that she just doesn't want to watch. She's not a big sports movie person, right? Because she, like, oh, they're all predetermined endings. And I'm like, well, yes, that's how a movie works. The only thing that wasn't really ever known was, well, there's a couple secrets in everything, like how, you know, the whole Luke Skywalker, I am your, no, like, no, I am your father. Not no, Luke, I'm your father. You know, the actual line is, no, I am your father. Like that line, like from Empire Strikes Back, that was apparently a secret. But for the most part, sports movies have usually a happy ending or whatever, and so did the Mighty Ducks. So we watched both D2 in the morning, went out and had dinner, 
and then D3 at night. It was my birthday wish, and I got it. And I was so happy because, A, I'll say this right now. For all of you Mighty Ducks fans out there, I get it. The first one is probably the best one. I, in terms of quality of the movie, it probably does go D1, D2, D3. I get it. However, D3, though, it's just got that lovely little minutia to it, that quirkiness and complete outright cheesiness that makes it the perfect movie. Also, it's got bare naked ladies in it, which definitely helps for anyone's case. For all of it. And also, I believe, I'm not mistaken, doesn't Mall of America make it in all three movies? Maybe not the first one, but the second and the third one, Mall of America gets in there. And then when, when you know, Charlie Conway and Fulton Reed both go to, when they both go to Mall of America, that's when Bare Naked Ladies Grade 9 comes on. Funny story about that song, Bare Naked Ladies, if you listen to Grade 9, it's your typical 90s, minorly, kind of halfy, I don't want to say ska, but it's got the horns. It's it's a Bare Naked Ladies song, right? If you're a Bare Naked Ladies fan, you know what I'm saying. And towards the three quarters, three, three quarters of the way through the song, all of a sudden you just hear, do-do-do-do, like the Tom Sawyer drum solo comes in from Rush. Rush is Tom Sawyer's drum solo. Just complete. Now, yes, Bare Naked Ladies were fans of Rush, you know, good Canadian kids, big fan of the, you know, good Canadian band in Rush. But then at the very end of the song, what do you hear? you hear the end of spirit of radio spirit of the radio and i'm just like holy cow like you're just waiting for that song now to just have like yyz come flying in there yes yyz because that's the actual song name i gotta get tyler on the drummer for bare naked ladies on the show because that would be cool because a for all for some that don't know he's actually good friends with curtis joseph obviously a big leafs fan big hockey fan i just want i'm like all right tyler whose idea was that to put the drum solo from Tom, was it you? Because you're the drummer. Like, all of a sudden, just, hey, I'm just going to throw the Tom Sawyer drum solo in the middle of our song. No big deal. Just, and continue on with the way. Like, I just found that so quirky because, I mean, I A, I love Rush and I love Bare Naked Ladies. Put them together and you get Grade 9, a song that I heard when I was a kid, didn't know it by Bare Naked Ladies because when that movie came out, I was, I think, two years old, but I watched it all the time, but I didn't know who Bare Naked Ladies were until probably age five. So when I think when it was shortly after one week really hit it big for me in the late nineties. So maybe three or four, but I didn't know that that was their song. And then when I found out it was, and I'm like, listened all the way through. And then I'm just like, Oh my goodness, this is great. I am rambling on cause the coffee is kicking hard here on this episode of TKS so far. Let's make sure we get through today's show first. It's gonna be a long show, a lot of stuff going on today, but first make sure, you know, I talk about my cool Tommy shirt. We talk about awesome stuff at secondstreamleather.com. How about the awesome stuff you can get at the official Kewl show merchandise website, teespring.com slash store slash the dash Kewl dash show. Get on there, get your official TKS swag, women's shirts, men's shirts. We got hoodies, we got crew necks, we got everything, long sleeve shirts. We have leggings, we have stickers, we have, I think we have masks on there. Haven't been on there a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I should check it out. Maybe we actually made some money off there. On teespring.com slash stores slash the Kewl Show with dashes in between the and Kewl and show. Get on there. Get some awesome swag. On today's program, we're going to be talking with, we'll have three interviews today. Two of them will be live. One will be recorded. We'll get to that here in a second. We're going to be talking to Todd Little here in actually just about a little over five minutes. Todd Little from Litterbox Cats from SB Nation NHL. We'll be talking about the Florida Panthers and their impressive start to the season thus far. 
and also later coming on for the third time here on TKS, Laura Astorian from St. Louis Game Time. You guys may remember her. We've had her on a couple times. Big Blues fan from Georgia. We'll be talking to her about the Blues and how they've done so far. First in the division, but I don't know about them. We'll talk to her a little bit later on. That'll be coming up in hour two of today's show. We'll also get into the what the heck's going on in Arizona, the great Emily Strang interview, and we'll be talking a little bit about what the heck just happened with our Temi Panarin today, which we'll probably set off here in just a second. Also, jammed in between the Todd Little and Laura Astorian interviews, the replay of the interview I did last Wednesday with TSN's Brian Mudrick. We talked about the Montreal Canadiens and a little Scotty's preview for you curling fans out there, which is going on right now. So we'll get to that. That'll be pre-recorded. That'll be coming on around 6.50-ish. So if you're just tuning in here on TKS, like I said, in about five minutes, we'll talk with Todd Little. And let's quickly just, let's quickly break down this Artemi Panarin deal. So Artemi Panarin has taken a leave of absence after there were assault allegations against him from a former coach in the KHL. So our, just quickly running through this, if you haven't read it yet, Emily Kaplan from ESPN, I know ESPN, I knock on them a lot. Emily Kaplan does an exceptional job covering them. Her and Greg Wyshynski had a great podcast together. But long story short, they she mentions that his former KHL coach, Panarin's that is, Andre Nazarov, claims that he got in a physical altercation with an 18-year-old of in Latvia back in 2011, 10 years ago, when I believe he would have been 19, Panarin was. And so... Long story short, he claims that he beat her and whatnot. And since it came out, it came out today, this big story came through. Panarin has been one of the many voices against Vladimir Putin, where Nazarov is a supporter. So Panarin is mainly taking a leave for the safety of his family, I guess is what the word is on about it. I don't know much too much more. In, I don't want to go too much further into this because there are so many vague gray details there's a lot of people that are coming out and saying that there was no woman. This is a completely false story. And really, that's all there is for Nazarov is just his take. And so pretty much, I mean, I know Russia is a very funky place, folks. But, you know, obviously, Panarin just taking all precautions. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, the Rangers are okay with it. I mean, how can you not? I mean, obviously, the safety of his family is in question. So that's I can see why he's taking this leave right now. So it's good to see that he's taking that, putting that at the forefront right now because, that's obviously a very big deal, and and this is not he's not taking a leave because of something else. I mean, obviously this story is still developing. Things could change in a week, but as of right now, all we know is that his former coach in the KHL is claiming that he has physically assaulted an 18 year old woman back in 2011, 10 years ago, and now Panarin's taking a leave based on the allegations, and you know, kind of just to you know see if they can figure what is going on here, try to figure all this out, clear everything before he comes back and plays for the team. Because obviously, he feels like it'd be in bad taste if he continued to play while his allegations are still out there. So, still a developing story, but that is obviously the big news of the day thus far. So, obviously, it's just it's it's a crazy story because Panarin, who is having you know, a pretty solid year still, was a Hart Trophy nominee last year with the Rangers, is one of their big name players, and now he's going to have to go. I mean, I'm not going to get into why this, what this means for the Rangers. I just, you just hate to see a random story like this come out. I mean, this is not, this is a 10 year ago story, obviously, at least from where these stories are coming from. And there's obviously people pointing the finger saying, well, of course, Nazarov, a Putin supporter, will make a story like this so something will happen and blah, 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 blah. 
you know, this is a threat on Panarin's life, a threat on Panarin's family's life, and there is a lot of finger point and a lot of words going back and forth on whichever side you're on on this. Obviously, no one's happy that this story came out. So like I said, we'll keep tabs on it. We'll try to provide any update we can here on TKS, whether it be on our social media accounts, at The Kula Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But obviously, there is still a lot to be kind of dove into. But this is the surface of the story as we know right now. So with that, we're going to take a quick break here. because I'm going to get our guest on the line here. I know it's a very early break here on The Kula Show. Well, it's because we got to make sure we got everything ready here for our guests. Make sure everything sounds good. Make sure everything's clean good. Make sure it's all good for you tuning in on TKS this evening. So we'll take a quick pause here, folks. When we come back, we will be talking with Todd Little of Litterbox Cats, talking about the Florida Panthers. Great start to the year so far. Are they a division contender? We'll discuss that right after this break here on The Kilo Show on 12 Ounce Sports. And welcome back to The Kilo Show, everyone, here on 12 Ounce Sports, a team that has been really surprising this year, guys. By the way, Inside of the Insiders, Tyler Kuehl here, bringing it back for you here on this Monday, February 22nd. A team that has been a real surprise so far in this Central Division. Now, it shouldn't be a surprise given on their talent pool and who they have in net, but it's a different guy that's in net that's been really stepping up. It's been the Florida Panthers, guys. A team that right now is, like I said, having a good start. They are currently 11-3-2, second in the Central Division, and this is with some games missed due to COVID-19. But what is making this team so good? So with that, let's bring in our first guest here today on TKS. He writes for Litterbox Cats on SB Nation NHL. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Todd Little. Todd, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Todd, first thing I got to ask you about here, the weather across this United States of America has been completely bonkers right now. How is it affected down in Florida? Is it that bad like it is in Texas and, you know, other parts of the South? No, absolutely not. I, th- I, th- I think for a while there, we were the, uh, you know, had the warmest weather in the country last week. And uh, we've, we've had a nice winter for our standards, but it's, it's nothing like uh, nothing like they're getting in Texas. And uh, one of my coworkers who works remote, he lives in Louisiana. And I talked to him the other day and he said it was 16 there. And it was probably about 80 where I was. So I was feeling really bad for him. Oh, geez. Yeah, because Florida, Florida sometimes is like it's just separate from the South. Like Georgia will be snowing, Mississippi, North Carolina, Florida still be 85 and sunny. It's it's almost yeah. like a complete separate state down there. Yeah, it'll get it'll get cold up in the north part of the state because my, my brother lives up there and, and they get some cold weather, you know, some of the time. But it's rare that I mean, we, we've had a nice winter. You know, we had some nights and, and early mornings that were in the 40s and stuff like that. So. It's, that was the coldest winter we've had in, in the last 10 years, I think. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky for the most part as far as that goes. Well, that's definitely good. And obviously another team that is pretty hot right now are the Florida Panthers. And a team that, I'll be honest, you know, Todd, I've always picked Florida to be my dark horse every year. I'm like, last year I picked them to finish third in the division. It's going to be them and Tampa in the playoffs because I was ready for an all an in-state playoff battle between the Lightning and the Panthers. And they went to the Central Division this year, but I'm just like, Bobrovsky and they're just, you know, Trocek's gone now. And I'm like, I don't know about this team, but here they are second in the division and they're playing well and they're beating the top teams in the central that a lot of people didn't think they were going to beat. How do you think the Panthers have gone so far? 
Um, I think they're doing great. You know, like before the season started, I had them, you know, because there's been, there were so many changes during the off season, you know, uh, they changed general managers and, uh, Bill Zito brought in a lot of new players. So I was like, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to make of this team, you know, until I see him play. So I was like, I, I, you know, I have them penciled in for sixth, and I figured, you know, maybe if everything came together, you know, that, you know, that they would be able to challenge for fourth and maybe finish fourth. So to see them, you know, last week, there was a few days they were in first place right now they're in second place. So it's been a, it's been a pleasant surprise to see the Panthers actually off to a good start and banking points and not putting them themselves in a situation where they're going to have to win a lot of games at the end of the season to, to squeak into the playoffs. Yeah. Cause you, you never want to be on a way like on the, on the bubble right now, especially with, while the central division seemed like it's starting to separate a little bit, those top four and then maybe the fifth spot now is getting a little bit tight, but they've won two, they won two out of three against Tampa. They were able to show that they can beat Carolina. They beat Detroit. Thank goodness. But I mean, like this team is looking good. And one of the, and the guy behind the bench, the reason why he went down there and really gave this team expectations is Joel Quinville. You know, he's got a, obviously a long historic pedigree to say the least. Is it finally clicking with his just kind of just, you know, a, maybe a, I don't want to say a lucky stretch or is Quinville finally showing that, Hey, I am a good coach and this is why the team is actually playing well now. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely part of it. I mean, I mean, the team is a lot deeper than it was last year or, you know, like from top to bottom, I think. And, you know, I think they've got, um, I think they've just got a lot more guys that are, that are playing hard every night. And, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's the style he wants to play you know, a little less run and gun than last year. And, and while I think the defense is still still a work in progress, it's, it's definitely gotten better, you know, this so far this year as opposed to last year. And, and uh, part of that is, you know, addition by subtraction by trading Mike Matheson. I think that helped out, helped out a lot. And uh, while he puts up a lot of points, Keith Yandel is, a, is another guy that's, uh, you know, um, liable to make some uh, defensive errors, but he's he's uh, he's he's doing better in that regard this year, and he's he's still putting up points on the power play. So, you know, he's having a pretty good year, and Aaron Ekblad is having a good year again. So, you know, yeah, I, I think you can definitely attribute some of that to to Coach Q. Yeah, it's it's really a big thing when you start getting everyone involved because Ekblad, people were talking about, oh man, he's starting to turn into a bust, but he's you know looking good. We'll get to the defense in a little bit, but you mentioned Mike Matheson getting traded, and the guy that was in that trade coming back to Florida, Patrick Hornquist, and this was a maneuver that everyone thought, oh man, this is a dump move, a cap dump. Hornquist is on the tail end of his career, which may be true, but he's still looking good. How do you think Hornquist has played in his first few games with the Panthers? He's play, he's played great. I mean, he he's got eight goals and seven assists. Um, without having the stats in front of me, I'm pretty sure that's where he's at now. He's got five power play goals. He's constantly in front of the net, screening the goalies. You know, the opposition goalie, and even if he's not picking up points on those plays, they're scoring. You know, because he's in front of the net, and he's been great. I didn't I didn't expect him to uh, to produce quite this much, and and maybe he'll cool off as the season goes on, but just being able to trade Matheson and get something useful back for him was, it was a big win. And I, and I think uh, that endeared Bill Zito to a lot of Panther fans, that one move right there. I mean, that's, and that's a big thing too, having a GM in his first year and his first full, you know, being the head honcho since coming down from Columbus, obviously he was there with the armor kick line and who let's just say is a very aggressive general manager with some of his decisions he's made. 
But the offense this season thus far has been led by Johnny Huberdo. I believe if I look at this right, he's tied for seventh in the league in points. Seven goals, 15 assists, 22 points. We saw the great game he had the other day against Carolina. I he it's I just hate it because you know that everyone always talks about Eastern bias in the National Hockey League. Everyone only talks about the East. I say it's the Northeast because Johnny Huberto, since his days in St. John's, has always been a quiet star just waiting to just come out of a shell and burst onto the scene because he's always been. You know, the capable the player that we're seeing today is the guy that he's always been, but he hasn't been able to put the production up and get the recognition for it. This season thus far, Todd, he's looking good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the last couple seasons he's put up a lot of points. And um, you know, this season in particular, the only the only kind of weird thing going on with him is he only has twenty one shots on goal this season, which is a little bit of a, you know, he, the first few games of the season he kind of got off to a slow start and you know, ever since then, he's kind of caught fire and he's putting up a lot of points without actually generating a lot of shots on goal, which is kind of weird. I mean, he's, you know, he scored seven times on the 21 shots. So, you know, that's nice. And, you know, he's definitely a key cog on my fantasy team. So I'm, I'm well aware of, uh, of how productive he's been. Oh man. It, it's, I, I've always been wanting to get to those fantasy polls. Where I'm like, I would never want to pick. Cause I'm like, cause I, I'd watch Leafs all the time. I'm like, Oh, I'd pick guys like Matthews and Martin. Now, yes, Matthews this year would be probably racking up my fantasy points, but Huberto has been great. Of course, Alexander Barkov has been another, just having, he's another leader, one, another leading scorer on this team once again, but he's also getting a little bit of help. Not just obviously Huberto, but how about Carter Verhage? I, this is a guy that, you know, 13 points so far this season. I don't want to say this guy was an unknown player, but he wasn't a top line scorer. but you know, he is one of the top guys this year. He's ahead of, I think he's what third on the team in points right now, if I'm not mistaken, or no, fourth behind Hornquist, Barkov and Huberdo. And the thing I've been hearing, Todd is Verhage's good, but it's the Alexander Barkov effect. He's played a lot with Barkov this year. Do you think that's true that just because he's playing with Barkov is he's getting the reason why he's getting these 13 points, the six goals and seven assists? Or do you think Verhage is another guy that is just finally kind of fulfilling his potential as a possible leading scorer? Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, you know, whoever plays with Barkov is usually, you know, able to put up numbers. And so, yeah, you can't overlook that. But Verhege, he's been really he's been really good. That first that new first line. You know, they bumped Huberdeau down to the second line, and they've got uh, Barkov playing with Anthony Duclair and Verhege. And uh, both of those guys have looked really good. I mean, Duclair has played really well. You know, the only thing he hasn't really been – he's had a, tons of good scoring chances, but he hasn't really been able to finish a lot, but he has two goals. But that, that line has looked really, really good. And uh, so far this season, Barkov – I think Barkov was playing uh, quietly through, an, through injuries last year. You know, they never really came out and said what was wrong with them, but you could see that he wasn't quite his usual self last season. And this year he looks a lot, he looks a lot faster. He's stronger on the puck and, you know, he's basically just doing it all. You know, he's a, he's a great player. He can, he can do it all in, in all three zones. And you, I mean, you going back to Duclair, I was so I was thinking he was going to stay in Ottawa because the Ottawa just seemed like they had this nice young core and they was going to build around Duclair but he doesn't sign. I'm like, huh? Okay. That's funny. And then he goes down to Florida for one year, gives himself a shot and, you know, quietly has had a solid season. But I, I think, and it's funny cause I keep saying, I'm like, Duclair is going to hit his stride. He's going to hit his stride. I've been saying that for three or four years now, since he went from Arizona to Columbus now to Ottawa. But 
do you think he's just one like maybe hot streak away from just becoming a 50 point guy in a normal 82 game season, like a 50, 60 point guy? Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely possible, especially especially playing with Barkov and Verhage if that line stays together. Um, he's got ten points, and like I said, he's 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 getting tons of chances. You know, he looks really good out there. He's really fast. He's driving the net all the time. He's just had um he's just had some bu- bad pu- puck luck and hasn't been able to cash in on a lot of the scoring opportunities. But you figure if he can get you know one or two more and like hit like some sort of hot streak, you know, he'll be able to will be able to finish up strong and put up really good numbers. Yeah, only two goals and eight assists so far, but he's a guy that he just, coming out of junior, he just looked like the kind of guy that could put up 25 to 30 goals, and he's almost there. You can see it. I think he's got a little bit of confidence this year, maybe just a change of scenery, playing behind, you know under Joe Quinville, because if I'm not mistaken, he yeah. played under him, if I'm not mistaken, in Chicago. Did he? Not? I think he did, if I'm not mistaken. I forget, because I thought, because Duclair played in Chicago, right? I'm trying to think. Actually, I'm, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. You might. You might be right. I know he's moved around a lot, and I'm not. I'm not sure if he played for Chicago or not. Oh man, I got hold on a quick hockey reference, and yes, played in 1718. So I think that means he did play for okay. for a little bit. So I. I knew I was. Gosh, there's so many guys. There's those kind of players that you have to like. Did he play for that team? One guy that yeah. has been become synonymous with Florida, like you said, was Keith Yandel, a guy that I. I don't want to say I gave the old John Scott thing to it, but when he was an all-star last year, I'm like, Keith Yandel? I mean, I'm like, okay, he puts up points, but I'm like, really? Is he an all-star? But then we see it now, the importance he has to the Florida Panthers. He may not be a superstar defenseman, Todd, but two goals and 10 assists for 12 points. And I think the the realization, I think, to everyone that realized how important Yandel was, was you know, before the season when there was whispers that he was going to get either thrown on the taxi squad, put on waivers, whatever, and that Iron Man streak was going to get broken, everyone went to bat for this guy. That right yeah. there is an important mark on how important and how vital Keith Yandel is to this Florida hockey team. Yeah, there, there's, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what people's opinion is of Yandel outside of South Florida, but there's a lot of Panther fans down here that are pretty sour on Yandel because he, you know, he turns the he turns the puck over a lot and he's not, he's not very physical for a defenseman, but you know, that's not his game. And I think if he was making less money, you know, some of that negativity would, uh, wouldn't be there, but he's, he's, you know, he's definitely cut down on that to to some, to a certain extent this year. And they're, they're limiting his ice time a, a bit more at five on five. And, you know, his specialty is, is putting up points on the power play and he's doing that. And, you know, he's having a better season this year than he did last year. That's that's for sure. And it's it's obviously a good thing. And Aaron Eckblad as well. But, but, but oh, the one, go ahead, sorry, sorry to cut you off. But the one thing, yeah, to get back to what you were saying before, the guys on the team, for whatever reason, they, they love Yandel. And and, he, and and in that respect, he is, he is a very important part of the team. Yeah, you need leaders like that in the locker room. And, and Aaron Eckblad's been another great guy. But, I mean, this is a defense core that, you know, when you look at it on paper, there's some experience here. It's not just, you know, Eric Blad and Yandel, but you have guys like Anton Strawman. And yes, Anton Strawman is not the same Strawman of the 2015 Tampa Bay Lightning. And same thing with Radko Gudis. And you have Mackenzie Weger back there. But it's an experienced blue line, which for a, you know, an, a younger team up front with your forwards, is that kind of a little bit more of a comforting feeling knowing that you have defensemen back there that have played long enough that kind of know how the league works and are able to play big minutes when they need to? 
Yeah, the defense. I touched on this a little earlier, and yeah, the defense is definitely so far, so far, so good this year. You know, I think it's still a little bit of a work in progress, but adding Gudis was a, was a really nice move. I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure how that was going to work out, but you know, he's, uh, you know, I think he's leading the league in hits, if I'm not mistaken, and he's and he's doing that while staying out of the penalty box, which is, you know, which is really good. He's not cro- he's not crossing that line. You know, where he's getting the team into penalty trouble, so that's that's been really nice. And Str- I thought Strawman struggled struggled a bit last year, and I, I think he's playing a little bit better this year. And as I mentioned before, Yandel's playing better this year. You know, a little bit better this year. So, you know, as a unit, you know, it's you definitely see improvement from the last couple of years. Yeah, that's really important too, because this and I we joke about it a little bit. We I know we gave it a lot when the when the Panthers had the second best power play in the league, but poor Lou and Reimer just for some reason forgot, you know, they put the pads on the wrong legs. I don't know which, what it was that year, but I mean, the offense has always been there, but it's been the defensive end and the goaltending obviously is really important as well. But they bring Bobrovsky in big contract, a lot of expectations had a good little end there with Columbus able to beat the president trophy winning Tampa Bay lightning comes down and it doesn't work out last year. And this season, I mean, yes, he's got a solid 5-2-1 record, but his numbers are not the greatest. However, this kid named Chris Drieger, who I knew was a goaltender, he played up in Belleville for a little bit. I, I, know, I, knew, I knew the name, but I didn't know this was a 6-1-1 goaltender with a 2-3-4 goals against average and a 9-2-6 save percentage that is currently 12th among goaltenders that have played more than three games this season in the NHL. How good has Drieger been, and what kind of a guy the person on the scene you have down there with the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, this guy, like, as soon as I saw him play a couple couple games last year when he came up from Springfield, I was like, they, they've got something with this guy. You know, he's a big goalie. He doesn't give up uh, a lot of rebounds. And, and for whatever reason, you know, even, you know, as you mentioned before, like, with, with the problems they've had on defense, whether it was Bob or Lou or Reimer, the last couple of years, these guys all look the same, you know, behind that defense, and that was not good. But for whatever reason, even last year when the defense was struggling, he's always looked good. He's, you know, he gets wins. He doesn't give up a lot of goals. He's just real calm, real positionally sound. And and for whatever reason, he just seems to be the right goalie for this team. I mean, because I'm trying to think of, the great Panther goaltenders of the day. I mean, obviously Lou is synonymous because maybe it's because Lou has been there the longest and Markstrom, while the team was bad, he had some good numbers and that's what made him an option to go up to Vancouver when that trade happened to get Luongo back down in the sunshine state. But I mean, Florida outside of maybe Van Beesbrook, there hasn't been a number, like a star goaltender in Florida. And I don't want to say that's what's hindered them over the years, but it's been tough when you don't have a guy that can play well. But like I said, the defense is coming around really well. Chris Drieger is a very a great breath of fresh air with this Panthers team. They're second in this division, a central division that looked like it was just going to be Tampa and Carolina sweeping the floor, having a ball with this division. Yet, in Dallas as well. But yet, here we are, second in the division. Obviously, there's a lot of hockey to be played. I know we're reached past the quarter mark of the season, so... Maybe you'll start to see a little bit of stagnant moving in the standings, but is this Panthers team for real, Todd? Should we be looking at this team as a vital threat in this division to not just make the playoffs, but you know, possibly be the team representing the Central Division come the the semifinals, come the playoffs? How high are the expectations for the Florida Panthers? 
Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, like as far, as far as contending maybe to, to finish first or second during the regular season. Yeah. I think they could do that, especially, especially if Bobrovsky can, can raise his game and, and, I mean, he doesn't even have to be a $10 million goalie, which would be nice, you know, considering they're, they're paying him all that money. But just just be a good goalie, you know, just an above average to good goalie. I think that would go a long way to, to keeping the Panthers in the chase for, for the top spot in the central. But as, far, as once we get to playoff time, I'm not exactly sure. You know, maybe they can win a round. Um, do I see them being, you know, in the semifinals when we're down to the final four? Um, I can't say that yet, you know, maybe in a couple months, if they keep this up, you know, my opinion will change, but yeah, I, you know, I think they could, I think they could uh, challenge for first or second place in the division and, may, and maybe win that first round of the playoffs. And, and I think that would be really good progress for this team if they were able to do that. And they got Dallas for the next three games starting tonight at seven o'clock. We may have that here on in the studio, keep tabs on that. But then you got on oh no, the, here's the nice part though. All three of them, at the BB&T Center. It's still the BB&T Center, right? Some teams have changed their roots. Yeah. Okay, yeah, still BB&T. They've changed the name a lot over the years, but as of right now, it's still the BB&T Center, although I think that's probably going to change in the next year or two. I remember it used to be like, a, I remember they, that arena was first built. It was something car rental service arena. Yeah, that National Car Rental Center. Oh, man. I'm sure that was the name of it. I know. It didn't have the same kind of zing as Miami Arena. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and nice the, and simple. Old school. Old school, man. Well, because, you know, yeah, someone's... Yeah, I'm curious to see how, how the Panthers do in these three games against Dallas because they, they took two out of three against the Lightning and then they followed that up by beating Carolina. So those those are the teams you want to see them beat. So they haven't played Dallas yet, and um, if they can take two out of three against Dallas, that will, that will make me even more of a believer than I already am. Yeah, Dallas is Dallas is an interesting team. They started off hot with a couple of big wins right off the hop, but then they've kind of cooled off a little bit. Columbus has been... I don't know, John Tortorella's playground with kind of throwing about whatever he wants to bench and who, who he wants to actually play. And, you know, I mean, then there's Chicago just, you know, with a hot start from they have a hot young goaltender as well, and they're winning games they shouldn't. They may not be a playoff team, but, you know, they're playing well. And, I mean, it's it's starting to get a little mush, but Florida's right in the thick of it. I mean, do you see, are the Panthers going to be a team that's just going to, you know, play with house money right now, take this team that they have and run with it? Or do you think Bill Zito is going to go Yarmo Kekalainen and buy at the deadline and go for it if this team's in that position. Yeah, if, if I mean if they're still playing near this level, I don't I don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah, they, you know, try try to add a, try to add another piece or two and, and you know get this team over the top for a nice playoff run. What do you think that piece would be? Obviously, no one trading for a goaltender is so tough right now. And obviously, yeah. you have to try to figure out who you want to trade for. Because as we saw with Pierre Luc Dubois going from Columbus to Winnipeg, he had to sit for two weeks. Obviously, he had a big game last night for the Jets. But you got to try to f- make sure you get the right player that can play relatively soon if you're going to get him at the deadline. But what kind of a piece do you think the Panthers need to maybe make them a little bit deeper? Is it a forward that can you know play a depth role or be a scorer, or just a defenseman to give the the elder guys a little bit of rest? Yeah, another defenseman certainly wouldn't wouldn't hurt and. Um... I think I think one of the weaknesses the Panthers have right now is is if the big guns aren't scoring, you know, like th- that's that's what happened the other day against Detroit. They lost two to one, and you know none of the big guys really scored in that game. They had a lot of shots, but they just you know they didn't get that that offense from from the other players. And I think that's where they're a little weak, you know, in the bottom six, and especially on the fourth line, they're just not they're just not really getting a lot of offense from 
from the fourth line. So I, I think I think some more experience, you know, in the bottom six would, would definitely help out, you know, come playoff time. You can never have too many players. Well, pardon me. You can have too many players. We can never have too many scorers that can play a certain minutes. And that's obviously what Florida's going to look for. You guys can, of course, can follow Litterbox Cats. We've been talking with Todd Little here. He recovers the Panthers for Litterbox Cats at Litterbox Cats on Twitter. You can follow Todd as well on the tweeters at Todd Little 827. Follow him there. Get all your great information about the Florida Panthers. My buddy Peyton Turns tweeted out yesterday. I'm like, are we just not going to talk about the Florida Panthers? And I told him, you better wait for Monday's show because we're talking about the Panthers because, Todd, so far, they look like they're for real. Yeah, they do. It's like, like I said, I, when I, when we first started, I, you know, this is a nice change to see, you know, see them not not chasing the pack and and actually banking points right now. You know, because if they can keep this up for another week or two, then they're putting themselves in a position where, obviously, that's not the goal, and you don't really want to see your team play 500 hockey the rest of the way. But you know, if they can if they can run off some more wins in the next week or two, that they'll be in that position where. You know, if if they slow down a bit, they'll still be able to make the playoffs, in my opinion, and and that and that's a nice change, you know, because yep. that's that's been the main problem with the Panthers, you know, in, in their history is they just they just don't make the playoffs a lot. Yeah, it's it's tough. Of course, the last two trips to the playoffs, well, except I will see last year was a qualifying round, but the other two times back in 2016 and 2012, they were division champs. <laughs> People forget yeah. that they won won the Southeast Division in 2012, lost in seven to the eventual Eastern Conference champs in New Jersey, and then 2016, I oh, they won the Atlantic Division, and I thought they had the Islanders in the bag. I'm like, this is I mean, it wasn't going to be easy, but I'm like, I don't think there's no way. And Thomas Grice ain't that good. Luongo's playing great, and ugh, it just happened. Yeah, that that was a that was a that was a really competitive series. Uh, yeah, that was a t- that was a tough loss. I, I thought they were the better team in that series, and uh, you know, Grace kind of stole it for the Islanders. Where where do you? I did you think that they were going to lose Game Six there in the aisle? Because or in Brooklyn, excuse me. Because Chris King, we had Chris King on the radio play by play voice for the Islanders, and he says that's probably one of the biggest moments that the Islanders have had at the Barclays Center. But for some reason, going in that overtime, like the Panthers are going to win this one at least, right? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were hoping. I think if they would have won that game, they would have won the series. But yeah, that that was a tough one. You don't get those bounces, Longo and his stinking rebound control. He had that problem back in Vancouver. Had that problem his whole career, and just the one time he stops a bad English shot and Tavares. It'd be not, I'm sure Leafs fans are like, man, where's that John Tavares at right now? But we once again, we've been speaking with Todd Little of Litterbox Cats covering the Florida Panthers. Todd's going to get ready to cover the game tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop between the Stars and the Panthers from BB&T Center. First of three against the Stars. Todd, we'll be definitely looking out for all of your great work there with SB Nation's Litterbox Cats. Have a good one. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the rest of the season. And we'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, Tyler. Thanks. Let me know if you uh, want me to come back on ever and, and talk more Panthers. I'm down. Well, if they win this division, we're definitely going to have to talk about it. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that won't be good. Oh, yeah. Todd, you have a good one, all right? All right. Take care. That was Todd Little of SB Nation's Litterbox Cats. Be sure to go on there, folks. It's an easy way to find them right on there. Just search, go on SB Nation, click Panthers, or just search Litterbox Cats. I mean, you can do that. That's pretty easy. I mean, you saw it on the screen for there about five, ten, or five, ten minutes. We talked about, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, 30 minutes. We talked with Todd for a while. That was fun. Love Todd Little. 
We were trying to get him on for a couple weeks. Unfortunately, scheduling just kept getting in the way of everything. You know, that's why we do our midweek interviews now. But I'm like, let's get him live because it's always fun to do those live ones as well. But of course, we did this past Wednesday do a live, a live interview, a live interview episode. I don't know what I'm going to call him yet. Maybe we'll call him TKS Quick Hits like we used to back in the day. But we did an interview with TSN's Brian Mudrick. That was a fun one for A for me because Brian Mudrick's been an anchor for TSN. He's been a reporter. He's been a play-by-play guy. Currently doing play-by-play work up with, actually doing some reporting, but the Scotties up in Calgary, the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. But he also does play-by-play for the Montreal Canadiens. And it was cool for me to have a little sit-down with him. We talked a little bit, talked about the Habs, their season, how they've done so far, what their expectations are. I know after last night's loss to Ottawa, it's a little bit uneasy in the province of Quebec. However, this team is still in a good spot. They lose a tough one, but hey, Ottawa's done that to the Leafs and the Habs this year, and yet the Leafs are still the top team in the North Division, and Montreal's still sitting pretty good. So let's carry our way over to that interview now. Let's let's see what Brian Mudrick had to think about the Habs and a little bit of Sky's preview as well. Brian, or actually Tyler, excuse me, take it away. I am joined by the television play-by-play voice for TSN for the Montreal Canadiens and also provides coverage for the IIHF tournaments that TSN covers and curling as well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Brian Mudrick. Brian, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, thanks for the warm uh, welcome. I'm, I'm doing awesome. How are you? I am doing well, and I know you say the words warm welcome because I'm pretty sure you would like some warm weather in your neck of the woods, Brian, because you're up in Calgary right now getting ready for the Scotties. How bad is it up there right now? Yeah, well, the polar vortex has kind of swallowed most of Canada up, but uh, I'm in a, stuck in a hotel room anyway, so uh, it's, uh, it's 22 degrees uh, Celsius in here. Um, uh, so, no, it's not bad. I got, I got no complaints. I'm excited to... Uh, uh, help with the curling broadcast on TSN that's coming up here where a lot of us are in isolation, some of us up to uh, over 60 days to, to pull this off. So uh, grateful, um, you know, to be working and, and hopefully we can provide some some fun and an outlet uh, for the next uh, month and a half or so for people that are having maybe a rough go um, this year, this month, this week, right? So uh, yeah, looking forward to getting started. Yeah, no, it's really interesting because on Monday's show, we had Andrew Buchanan, who was playing in the world's longest game up there near Edmonton, and he, t- he was telling me how it was like negative 40, negative 45, and, and I'm like, oh, that's bad, because like right now this morning, I think it was down like negative 10 here in West Michigan, so I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty rough, and that is Celsius, and I just thought, like, man, that must be tough, but at least you're in a nice warm hotel room, but you are getting ready for the Scotties, which is one of the big tournaments, obviously the Briars coming up as well. You know, it's a weird tournament right now because not many teams have been able to practice or be able to compete before this tournament. What are you expecting out of the Scotties tournament? Who do you, I mean, who's really the favorite going in this year? Yeah, it's going to be bizarre. But, I mean, we've been sort of saying that haven't we for months now. Um, and, you know, before I get into the Scotties discussion and the curling, I do want to send a shout-out. Uh, Dr. Brent Sake is one of my dear friends uh, up in northern Alberta. His wife, Janelle, uh, they do a phenomenal job up at Sakers Acres, uh, I've been to the rink before. Uh, I'm a cancer survivor myself. We both raised money for the Alberta Cancer Foundation uh, and the Cross Cancer Institute. He lost his first wife and his dad. Uh, and wow, Brent and his family are, are just killing it, doing a great job. And to all the volunteers skating, uh, I tip my cap to them because it is cold. So shout out to them and all the great job they're doing. And as for the Scotties on some different ice, it's going to be strange. Um, a lot of the teams normally weren't able to have their normal provincial or territorial playdowns because of restrictions, cancellations, 
Um, I think obviously your favorite, I would tip my cap to Kerry Anderson, who's the defending champ, uh, solid player, so strong. Uh, you saw nerves of steel uh, in the final last year. She's got Val Sweeting returning, Shannon Birchard, Brianne Mayer. Uh, they're a phenomenal team. You can never count out Jennifer Jones, um, who is in a lot of talk about, you know, the GOAT and Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl and uh, Michael Jordan and all his accolades. I mean, in curling, Jennifer Jones, my goodness, she's won everything, including an Olympic gold medal, and she's got a chance to become the first uh, woman to win uh, seven Scotties titles. Um, so they always certainly stand out. And, I mean, there's lots of great teams. Rachel Holman, uh, former Scotties champ Olympian, and uh, there's a kind of different uh, wrinkle. There's three wildcard teams that are coming in as well uh, to fill out um, the field simply because of all the weird restrictions and things that have happened this year up in Canada and, and across the world, obviously. But, you know, a lot of there, there weren't playdowns or maybe some teams couldn't commit to the trip or had some health reasons or personal reasons. They didn't want to come to Calgary and be in the bubble. So um, it will be interesting uh, to say the least. But uh, again, I think a lot of the one thing that we can all agree on is there's a lot of fans around Canada and we have some viewers obviously in the States and around the world that stream or watch us that are excited to have something to watch because uh, a lot of the, the country is in a lockdown. Yeah, that is true. Cause I mean, I, myself, I follow like world curling federation. So I'm one of those that watch it more than the, every four years. Everyone's like, Oh, I love curling during the Olympics. I'm like, well, it goes on year round. Now I will say this a little bit tougher to watch a TSN down here in the States, but I digress. It's going to be a great tournament. Of course, then the Briar starts next month as well. So a great month of curling coming up here. Let's get on to the other sheet of ice here. A little bit bigger, if you will, Brian, the Montreal Canadians this year. They have been a surprise to a lot of people just based on where they finished last year. They were at the bottom of the East going into the bubble, yet they stunned Pittsburgh, have a decent run in that first round against Philadelphia, but now they're second in the Scotia North Division with an impressive record so far. They started off 9-4-2. What is so much different from this year's team to years past that makes them such a compatible team? You know, I think first you have to credit the general manager and Mark Bergevin and the moves that he's made and the moves that he has made, especially more recently, have seemed to have really paid off and to ownership and Jeff Molson and believing in him. Um, obviously, your cornerstone pieces are Carey Price and Shea Weber uh, getting older in age, but still very talented. Uh, Weber continues to lead the Montreal Canadiens in ice time per game, um, just celebrated his 1,000th game in the National Hockey League. I was lucky enough to call that at the Bell Center. Carey Price is still one of the best in the game. Um, you have Jake Allen coming in, who has really solidified him and, and letting him rest uh, early in the season, obviously. But Allen has, uh, as Claude Julien said, comes in with an incredible work ethic, understands his role in supporting Carey Price. Um, five different players come in with Stanley Cup pedigree as well. And the one that, you know, screams big win thus far is Tatter Toffoli and the deal that he signed, um, Josh Anderson. I mean, you're looking at two guys that are near the top of the NHL in scoring goals. Jeff Petrie swinging out of the gate, uh, Michigan kid. Oh, yeah. uh, he has been phenomenal. And, uh, I mean, you know, in the Norris conversation early on, and rightfully so, is in every situation, logs big minutes. Uh, Joel Edmondson, another addition. Uh, they've, they've been seamless. I mean, you could call them the second pairing, even Chloe Julian, in his words, you could call them the first pairing, depending on the night and the situation. Weber and Sherratt, there's big bodies in front of Kerry Bryce or Jake Allen. Um, and then, and then the, youth, the youth movement continues to grow. I mean, Kotkaniemi and Nick Suzuki were the leading goal scorers in the bubble. Suzuki tied for the points lead with Jonathan Drouin 
in the playoff bubble. And these are guys that we're going up against, as you said, you know, Cindy Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, some great centers in the NHL. And Claude has, has shown that he, he trusts these young guys. Jake Evans, the fourth line center, uh, really stepping up and playing strong. Uh, the shorthanded goals, my goodness, they were popping him off uh, fast and furious to start the season. Um, and you got a guy in the taxi squad, Michael Frolik, a Stanley Cup winner, yet to even see action. Corey Perry getting in when Armia got hurt. All the things that they brought on board, I think they're deeper, they have depth. And the one thing you hear a lot with this hockey team is speed, speed, speed. I think early on, five on five, they were really picking up and destroying teams off the rush, off turnovers in the neutral zone. I think teams have picked up on that. They're playing Montreal different defensively and a little smarter. Um, however, it's, it's all those reasons point to a great start for Montreal. It, it's crazy because, what, two years ago, everyone's, even last parts of last season, Brian, we were, people were calling for Mark Bergevin's head. This guy's running this team into the ground. Oh my gosh, another playoff miss. And oh man, how can we do this? And all of a sudden he makes a couple of small moves. Nothing really major. Obviously getting a goaltender to help out Carey Price was big and Jake Gallon. We'll get to him in just a minute. But is Montreal accepting of Mark Bergevin now or is it still kind of apprehensive? Is that the feeling Montreal is? Ask me next week if they lose four in a row, right? And <laughs> right. The beauty... The beauty of, of hockey in Canada and the Canadian markets is that the passion is overzealous at times. It, it, you know, when you're winning, I mean, plan the parade. When you're losing, fire everybody. You know, and, and, that's, and the over-exaggeration of such feelings will be magnified because of the Canadian division this year. I mean, you look at Vancouver. You know, you know, they're trying to get fire Jim Benning hashtag going. I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. But all it shows you is the passion in these cities. The fans care. And in Montreal, I don't know if there's a better place to play in the National Hockey League when you're winning in Montreal. And when you're losing, the fan base will let you know. But um, I, I guess to answer the question in a roundabout way, um, yeah, I believe that he has made some magical moves. I mean, one, you know, you can look at, he still says, he said this to my colleague, uh, Pierre Lebrun, that the best trade he did pull off was Subban for Weber. And at the time, the fans hated it. Um, but Weber brings in that captain, that leadership. And there's no doubt who runs the room in the Montreal locker room. I mean, a smaller one, Thomas Fleischman and Dale Weiss uh, coming in the Chicago deal that landed Phil Deneau in a second-round pick. And that second-round pick is Alexander Romanov. So. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of great deals. I mean, getting Brett Kulak for basically nothing. Uh, Paul Byron, who was a waiver pickup and, and ironically was recently put on waivers, and he has a letter Paul Byron does on his chest this year. So, I mean, he's made a lot of really stealth, um, solid moves and some signings that have certainly paid off. And a lot of people question Josh Anderson's shoulder and the injury and giving up Max Domi and, and that deal. Uh, and everything's looking really good right now, isn't it? It's, it's, it's incredible because, and this is, you know, a problem, you know, I follow the Leafs myself and everything is, I don't say short-sighted, but it's the quick moves like, oh my gosh, how can you get rid of Subban? He, you know, he was a Norris, you know, Norris trophy winner just a couple years back. How can you do that? But obviously longevity wise, it's turned in favor of Montreal. Now, Josh Anderson was one that I was confused about because you thought maybe Max Domi was almost there to make that jump to being the star that Montreal wanted, but they make the trade, they get Josh Anderson, they sign him, and then he starts off the season with 11 points, nine goals and two assists. I mean, he is the goal scorer that Columbus wanted him to be, but injuries riddled him. And if he can stay healthy, Brian, we see it. He can be a real key player. 
the one thing that his teammates talk about now, his new obviously Montreal Canadian teammates is and 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 being able to watch him, you know, at the rink in person and call his games is just how fast he is for a big man. And and I think he catches people off guard at times with his speed, with how big he is. As uh, Thomas Tatar coined him, the power horse. Uh, he, he he he's definitely um, a dynamic player, and he's a unique player. You know where he has that grit, and he's not scared to lay the body and 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 play that physical game as well. And obviously, as you've seen, score some goals. And as for Max Domi, you know you wonder Max was just part of the number games when you looked at the center position. You know, Kakaniemi and Suzuki. I mean, you know, the, the, they weren't going anywhere. Uh, you know, Philip Dano. Uh, you know, is, that line has been a shutdown line. They've been mixing it up as of late with Tatar. Um, and Toffoli going up to that line with Gallagher and Zanoa, but uh, there's, they're pretty deep at center. You have Ryan Paling, who hasn't played uh, much. So there's a lot of a depth at center for the Montreal Canadiens that they haven't had in a long time, and Domi might have just been caught in that number game. And that's something, too. I mean, with a lot of teams, it's almost like too many bodies, and sometimes you can have too many cooks in the kitchen, but eventually you're going to have to kick someone out so someone can make the scampini for the big dish at the big table. But I, I love... Tyler Toffoli and I you know last year I was on the Canucks bandwagon and I'm like let's go let's get the Canucks be this underdog story beat Vegas and one of the guys on there may not have been the guy JT Miller had such a great tournament or playoff last year but there was Tyler Toffoli veteran experience and he was seemingly a guy that was going to help that team and then well Jim Benning decided he couldn't pay them because he's paying you know Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel millions of dollars but he comes to Montreal and next thing you know He's A, beating the heck out of the Canucks, and you know, C, he's also just molding himself into a you know an elite scorer that we saw back in Los Angeles during those cup years. Yeah, and it's and it's one and you'll remember Tyler Toffoli right during free agency wasn't like locked up right away. And, you know, whether it was just the patience of Mark Bergevin or or Toffoli, you know, liking Montreal, much like Corey Perry, I think Montreal was on his list of, you know, places that he'd like to go. Um you know, he, he's fitted and sometimes you just don't know, but you know, I think, I think the culture and the room, this is my third season calling the Montreal Canadians, but you know, you can just really tell these guys really like each other. And, and I think there's a really positive culture in that room. And I really think that stems down coming from Shea Weber from the top of the leadership and the number of leaders they have in that room, a guy like Brendan Gallagher, who they signed long-term and is the highest paid forward now on the team. I mean, he literally, is the heart and soul. You need a spark plug play, uh, pardon me, spark plug player, or a guy to go out there and do something. It's usually number 11. And he's the guy that really stirs the drink. And he's the guy paying the price in front of the net. And I, and I think the culture and just the, the love that that team seems to have for each other, uh, I think is, is can't be understated either. Cause like you said, there's a lot of players. There's not many players that are from, that you know, the last time they made the playoffs back in 2017 when they won the division in the Atlantic, that was. I mean, there's not many faces left from that team, but you have a guy, obviously the big one, obviously Shea Weber as well and Petrie, but you also have Carey Price, and you know, I he may not be all world Carey Price like he was back in the day, back when he was leading Canada to World Cup championships and gold medals in the Olympics, but. He's still a number one goaltender, but he needed a break. That's always been the problem the last couple of years. Now you get Jake Allen in there. 
Jake Allen, who I believe is not one. I mean, I think he's what tied for seventh in save percentage with a 9.33 this year. He's four and two, two oh and one goals against average. I mean, for a backup or a one B goaltender, he's looking like the Jake Allen of old before, you know, Jordan Biddington came along over in St. Louis. He's looking like his old self there, Jake Allen. Yeah, you know, he played some junior hockey as well in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, was the CHL goalie of the year, um, and has that Stanley Cup pedigree. And, and a, you know, he's a highly touted goalie. I think Claude Julian, I asked him specifically about Jake Allen, and, and Claude brought up his work ethic, uh, how he, he has the respect of his teammates from the work he puts in. And I think it's just the perfect compliment to Carey Price. And he admitted early on, I'm not here to try to take Carey Price's job. I am here to do whatever Carey Price needs me to do to make Carey Price better. And, and I mean, wow, what a way to, you know, enamor yourself to your teammates and obviously to Carey Price. Um, I had the stat, I forget, it was the last game that I called, but I think it was over the last 25 games, uh, Jake Allen had the top, I think it was like 25 games or a certain amount of games played. He had the best goals against the state percentage in the NHL. And, uh, he didn't have a lot of sample size, but his numbers in the bubble were fantastic. That being Jake Allen uh, for the time he did play for the Blues, and Carey Price's numbers in the bubble were were awesome. I think he had the best numbers in the bubble. Uh, he didn't play obviously as many games as the Vasilevsky going forward, but Carey had great numbers as well. So I think that's a great recipe. And what you you probably you know you can see it. It's going to be the goalies that have a good one-two punch that can come at you in a COVID world in a condensed season and situation that will probably uh, serve you the best. Now the Habs are the most expensive combo, but time will tell if that pays off. Like look what happened to Edmonton and and Miko Koskinen and the weird Mike Smith stretching injury. And all of a sudden Miko Koskinen starting like a million games in a row to start the season. Right. And, and they didn't want to start Stuart Skinner because he had zero NHL experience. And then they, they lost uh, Anton Forsberg on the waiver wire early. And now they're scrambling. Um, Throw into that, let's not forget that Seattle, we got the expansion draft coming up too. And you know what? You can only protect two goalies. So that third taxi squad goalie is is critical for a lot of teams. And I just, I, I look at Carey Price's numbers because I, I do, I've always been a Carey Price fan. I've always kind of tried to, when I, back when I played, back when I was actually capable of doing the splits, you know, that was not that long ago. But regardless, like I always looked up to him. I knew he's a great goaltender, but you know, he's 5-2-2. Two, two. His numbers may not be as good as Jake Allen's. Do you see any possible rumblings? I know you just like he's, like Jake Allen said. He's coming here to help Carey Price, not here to take no. anyone's job. No. No. <laughs> not right away, no. No goaltending controversy in Montreal. You heard it here first, folks. Brian no. Mudrick saying no goaltending controversy. Good answer. No. <laughs> but, I mean, when you have those two good goaltenders, we saw it last year in the regular season with Boston, last couple seasons with Halak and Rask, having both of them play well, is almost vital to this team's success if they want it not just be a top towards this North Division, but when they get into those playoffs. Because then, if one goaltender starts to falter in games one and two, you have someone else to go back for, right? I I just truly believe, and when when Jake talked about it, I I truly believe him. I just think he's a guy that's in you know the later stages of his career. He's not an old guy by any stretch, but you know he's a guy who's won a cup. He's been around for a while. He was the number one guy that maybe had got humbled a bit in St. Louis, right? And and became that 1A or, or backup, whatever you want to call it, to Jordan Bennington. And I think I think he, he just gets it. I think he understands his role. Um, he got signed to a pretty nice contract that kicks in next year, I believe, the extension that he signed with the Habs. And 
And he knows his role. I think Kerry appreciates it. I think the teammates in the room respect it. And I think that's why it's worked so well. And, yes. and no, there's, Kerry Price is Kerry Price. He, he is the guy. And, and, and like, like you've pointed out and I've pointed out, having the one-two punch will be critical if any team hopes to win a Stanley Cup. That is definitely 100% true. I would say Dallas came close, but then again, Dallas had Ben Bishop get hurt for most of it because him and Hudobin had an incredible pair of regular seasons. Last question before they go here, Brian, because you know we saw the last couple games against Toronto. They were able to split, and there was one game where it was, oh, Montreal lost to Toronto. Is this, you know, people were saying it was a mirage. Is, you know, is this season a farce? Is this start you know, just kind of something that's just all of our imagination? But then they win the next night, and it's like, okay, Montreal's got this. They are in the running. What are the expectations now for Montreal? Because at the beginning, it was just, all right, let's just be better. Let's make the playoffs. Let's be in the top four. Now it's division title, it's almost seeming like. What do you think the expectations are for the Habs now? Win the Stanley Cup. I mean, uh, at the beginning of the season, Claude Julien was asked a number of times in a number of ways. I mean, here and, and Claude is a Jack Adams winner who won a Stanley Cup with Boston in a much different um team dynamic and, and where I give uh, coach Claude Julien credit is that for, for a guy who's been around a long time and is one of the most respected coaches in the NHL, he's, he's not the team plays hard defensively and they have to in the structure they have, but it's not like he's just been married to one coaching style over his career either. And when Montreal this year's version, it's like anything else. You got to work hard. Winning's not easy. And where the Habs had so much success early on, I found, was the five-on-five play, because they are fast. They are a very fast team. I'd argue one of the fastest in the North, if not NHL. And they were killing teams in transition on turnovers in the neutral zone or at their, at their blue line uh, with another team coming in. They would just turn on you in a heartbeat. And I think teams picked up on that. And the one thing that Montreal can't forget is their work ethic. And Phil Deneau, when they had a little bit of a stumble before beating Toronto in a comeback win, mind you. And then they had a week off, right? Like they won that game. They don't play again, I believe, till Saturday uh, against Toronto again. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I'm in the current bubble. But, I, <laughs> but, but the point being is that I think teams picked up on that. And when Phil Deneau even said in a media veil that we kind of lost our identity for a few games, they are good. But the Habs don't have like an Artemi Panarin or a Connor McDavid or that like one elite sniper, right? But they do it with depth. They do it by committee. They do it with a lot of smart hockey sense, and they do it with lines and waves. And you, you'll see it. If the Habs are up 2-1 or in a close game, Claude's still rolling four lines. You'll still see Jake Evans, the, the fourth-line center out there, in key situations, right? He's trusting Kakuniemi. He's trusting Suzuki's line. It's not just Philip Deneau anymore. So I think they have the tools with the depth they have but they have to continue to work hard. I mean, that sounds like the dumbest thing in the world to say, hard work, but it's true. It really is. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, this is the laziest Stanley Cup champion ever. No one's ever said that, I'm pretty sure, about any (laughs) team. But we have been chatting with Brian Mudrick. Brian, I know you got to get on here and get ready for the Scotties coming up here this weekend. If you're able to watch him, I'm going to try to find a way to watch him. Probably can't legally say how I'm going to watch him, but I'll find a way to watch the Scotties and, of course, all the hockey. Brian, I know you're going to be coming up here with some Montreal broadcast soon as well. We can't wait to hear you and see you on TSN, calling Habs on TSN. Also, have fun with the Scotties. Are you doing the Briar as well or just the Scotties? Yeah, so we got the Scotties, and then it's the Briar, and then it's the Canadian Mixed Doubles. And um, you know, it's important because we got an Olympic year coming up next year. So for a lot of the athletes, uh, you know, they want to try to solidify some points and, and qualify for the Olympic hurling trials as well. 
I believe that you can actually find us in the States on ESPN Plus, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, perfect. Um, we used to be on ESPN too. I can't confirm or deny that at this point, but I'm pretty sure that uh, I did read somewhere that you can find us on, on ESPN uh, Plus uh, down in the States. That is confirmed. Yes, you can. Perfect. We are on ESPN Plus. I will. the action watch and uh, look forward to the call. Myself and Kathy Gauthier are calling the morning draws, and then Kathy and I have the mixed doubles, and Vic Roeder, Cheryl Bernard, and Russ Howard have you covered with the afternoon and evening draws. So thank you. Thanks for having us, and appreciate the plug, and we look forward to bringing uh, some people a lot of curling coverage over the next uh, couple of weeks, months. Oh, man, I can't wait for it. I know this is a hockey show, but I'll probably give some updates. I'll probably have it on the TV. Heck, who cares here in the studio? Brian, you have a good one. Follow him at Brian Mudrick on Twitter. Brian, once again, thank you very much. Have fun. Stay safe out there. And have a good call there with the Scotties this weekend. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Thanks to your viewers for having me. And again, I wish all the best to the folks at the longest hockey game up at Sacres Acres up in northern Alberta. Worldslongestgame.ca. Thank you very much, Brian. Have a good one. All right. Cheers. And well, thank you once again to Brian Mujic for taking the time there last Wednesday. We do have another one of those interviews setting up for next, this coming Wednesday, excuse me, Eric Pesolano. Now, you guys may not know who he is, but he runs the Believe in Abs podcast. But I also was taking place on something he was doing during the pandemic. It was called In Five Minutes, and it took me five minutes to explain what happened during the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was right after Tampa won and how I described that I picked Tampa to win over 500 days before it actually happened. Some of you actually remember that. Now, I barely remember that myself because even though I'm the one that picked it. So, and I know that for those of you that follow us on social media, you were probably wondering why in the world did Tyler not start off with the Arizona Coyotes? Now, the reason why I say that and why is it a big deal? Because obviously we start off with Artemi Panarin because when that post came out and obviously when we planned out this episode, the big story last week was Katie Strang's piece for The Athletic about the Arizona Coyotes. Now, we didn't have time to talk about it because we wanted to go into Artemi Panarin. Then we had Todd Little on. And so we made sure we talked about Panarin because that was the big news of the day. Now, even though we are a once-a-week podcast, and we like to make sure that we are a show that focuses on the big news if we can get it. That's why we do live stuff now. Because I hate recording. I mean, that's the hard part about doing a podcast just to, when we did the Plain Jane podcast, you do the show, and all of a sudden you record, and while you're uploading, something happens, right? So I'm like, well, if we do it live, and something happens after, well, shoot, we had a chance. I mean, we technically, I could just walk in whenever time breaking news happens, jump on here, and we can jump on the Kula Show Twitter, at the Kula Show, or Facebook, at the Kula Show on Facebook, even Instagram Live, at the Kula Show on Instagram, we could do all that. Even on the YouTube channel, we can do that. Shoot, that's what we did with Brian Mudrick. That's how we found it, was made sure we did the interview that was also on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. We were also on the Twitch stream as well at the Kula Show on there. That's where we do those interviews. So Wednesday, 8.30, by the way, I'll say that right now, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, because he's joining us at 5.30 his time. So do the t- time difference, because he lives out in California. 5.30 his time, 8.30 our time, here out east on the Kewl Show's family of networks, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Go on there and check us out for that interview. It won't be no more than 25, 30 minutes. That's what the nice thing. That's why they call it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. We're going to call them Quick Hits. TKS Quick Hits. Go bring him back that name. Doing the interview with Eric Pesolano. We may have a guest host for that show, possibly. So stay tuned. At the Kewl Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
be sure to follow us on all those. Like I said, that's where we'll have them. We'll obviously promote it when we get closer to it, just in case you guys forget to, you know, refresh your memory. So with that, quickly here to the story of the Arizona Coyotes. Don't have a whole lot of time here because we do have something going on after the, the interview with Laura Astorian of St. Louis Game Time, which is going to be here in just a few minutes. So Arizona Coyotes, Katie Strang put it together an amazing in-depth piece. She, she's really good at these pieces. She's done a few before. Investigative journalist. So quickly here, Alex Murillo and Murillo, his son Alex Murillo Jr. by the team a few years back say that, hey, we're going to be a great team and we're going to be inclusive and diversity and all that stuff, which is great. I mean, obviously, it's a very you know, very wide demographic in Arizona and in Phoenix in the Glendale area. So good, good to see that they're trying stuff. But the fact that he's very abrasive and outgoing and likes to yell at people makes doesn't put him in a good light. Javier Gutierrez, you know, there's stories of him telling vendors, trying to find ways to default checks and not paying vendors for items or paying for, you know, for arena staff. And there was the whole kit and caboodle. Pretty much right now, I know I'm not going to go too far into it because, A, it came out last week, and the fact that I'm going to make sure that, like I said, this is me promoting it. Go on The Athletic. I know, guys. Oh, but Tyler, I have to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it. Trust me, you won't get these kind of articles anywhere else. Get on The Athletic. It's only a couple bucks a month. Get on there, and you get in-depth pieces on all your favorite teams, favorite sports, not just hockey, football, basketball, baseball, NASCAR, I get a lot of those cool articles. There's even European football, European sports as well. But go on there. It talks about how Javier Gutierrez, like here's my teaser. Gutierrez, obviously not, you know, paint and making sure the team doesn't pay vendors and taking them like litigation and all this other stuff. And Bill Armstrong, their new general manager. Hey, guess what? Yeah, apparently he's a jerk who made sure, who did everything he could to make sure none of this information got out. And he would apparently penalize people and possibly fire them on based on information leaking out, such as this stuff right here. And I made sure because the next day, Bill Armstrong went on Arizona Sports Radio and they promoted it. So I'm like, I'll listen to the interview. And someone just threw the radio embargo on that interview. And by radio embargo, it's kind of a little bit of a slang term. Pretty much means you can't talk about certain things. Like we get, you know, I work at the radio station here in Grand Rapids all the time. They say, hey, Make sure you don't talk about this or whatever. Talk about that until this happens. So I'm pretty sure Bill Armstrong went in that interview text. I'm like, all right, none of this stuff from The Athletic gets in. Ask me. Don't ask me any of this stuff because how else can you, you know, you know, defend yourself for your pretty stupid actions? I, I Trust me. I went all last week saying, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm like, you know, what? I got too many interviews and it's been a week. I've calmed down a little bit. I'm still angry. And there's people out there that are defending this team, but they're defending the team on the ice, which is the tough part for me. Louis Pinoan's a great guy. We've had him on a couple of times here talk about the Coyotes. He's trying to defend the team. I don't care about the team on the ice. It's about the jerks and the jackasses that are running that franchise that are the reason why people make jokes about the Coyotes being an absolute gong show. That's my problem. All these people that are saying, oh, but what about the team and Kemper and Clayton Keller having a great, all oh, that and Connor Garland. Oh yes, those guys are awesome. It's unfortunate that they can't, when Tyler Steenbergen, can't even get a bonus because the team is that cheap. That's bad. No wonder Kessel wants out of it. No wonder Taylor Hall didn't sign there and rather would sign with Buffalo, who's missing half their team right now. That's how bad the Coyotes are. That's how bad their management, their front office, and their ownership is. Gong show across the board. Check it out on the Athletic Katie Strings recent piece. It's still fresh. 
It's awesome. Go out there and check it out. With that, let's take a quick break. Because before I go any further, because, you know, I've done a really good job. I think I've been calm the last couple weeks, and I like to keep it that way. Try to keep my keep my voice down and not scare too many people and not get the cops to be called, because that would be nice. Because I'm pretty sure if I get the cops called on me, then the show may have to either move locations or maybe toast. Some buttery toast, cinnamon toast. Anyways, when we come back, we'll be talking with St. Louis Game Times, Laura Astoria, making her third appearance on the show. Talk about the Blues and how they look this season with more of the Kilo Show coming up right after this here on 12 Ounce Sports. And welcome back, everyone, to the Kilo Show here on 12 Ounce Sports here on this Monday, February the 22nd. So we talked a little bit earlier about the Florida Panthers, a surprising team towards the top of the Central Division, a team that used to be in the Central Division, now is in that Honda West Division because, you know, it's kind of funky-dory right now with how the the league is set up. But a team that's right now at the top of the West, now granted they've played a few more games in the rest of the division, but we'll get to that in a second, is the St. Louis Blues, a team that was two years ago the Stanley Cup champions. What a great story the Blues were. We talked to someone right before they won the Cup. We talked to them after the Cup. Now it was after last season, after... You know, they had a little bit of a rough go against the Vancouver Canucks, but it seemed like still there was a light at the end of the tunnel. But here they are still showing that they are a competitive hockey club with some players that are stepping up and some new names as well. Let's talk about the Blues a little bit with someone who's making their third appearance here on the Kewl Show. She is a writer for SB Nation's St. Louis Game Time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Laura Astorian. Laura, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you doing? Well, I am doing well. I, we talked with Todd Little from Litterbox Cats not too long ago. He's down in Florida where it's about 85 degrees. And according to your students oh. that just came back from their break, maskless. <laughs> um, oh. How is the weather down in Georgia, though? I know some of the country right now is kind of experiencing some wonky weather. How is it down near Duluth? You know, it's not bad. Um, this week is supposed to be like 60s. Uh, it rained a little bit today, but the rest of the week is supposed to be sunny and I'm not going to jinx it and say, you know, winter's gone because there's always like, one or two more good freezes, but um, it doesn't look like we're going to get anything bad winter weather-wise, so that's good. We already had a couple hurricanes this year, so... Um, that's true. At least we missed, the, we missed the snow, so... Oh, man. See, that's I mean, the... I'd rather have the snow than hurricanes, but... I will... Well, I don't know. People in Texas right now are losing their minds. Now, granted, yes, they're not used to snow, and uh, how would I describe it? Because, you know, we're up here in Michigan. We get it all the time, and we probably got more snow than texas did but what i was what we were talking about was this i'm like imagine this you know because every morning if it snows you see about you can literally see at one time on the same road going the same way three or four salt trucks and plows there's probably in some of those southern states three or four salt trucks and plows in the entire like in a county let alone one road right last time we had a really bad snowstorm well the snowpocalypse down here that was part of the problem is we didn't have the equipment or the brine or the salt trucks or the manpower or anything to deal with it and it just we do now we learn (laughs) but man that was i love snow i don't like ice and uh that was a seven hour drive home from work definitely not something i ever want to do again oh gosh ever luckily a a nice stranger picked me up on the side of the road (laughs) (laughs) drove me home man it was fun it was um yeah i love living in the south it's great See, I, I don't like like shoveling. I mean, maybe it's because you know we live out in the eastern seaboard where the humidity levels are astronomical. 
during any part oh, of yeah. the year. So that's why I'm like, I don't, I hate, like I would not want to move any further East cause then it's when you get to the heavy wet snow, especially the nor'easters that you see up in like new England and New York and such. So I'm like, if I moved out West where there, it still snows, but it's like lighter snow. Like, and of course you go out to like, yeah, you go out to like Denver and Arizona where it's a dry heat. But even though I went to Denver in August this past year, and let me tell you, Laura, 98 degrees dry or humid is oh still God. hot. Oh, that is ill. I'm sorry. That's some place that you go and you don't expect 98 degrees. <laughs> um, well, cause it got down to like 60 overnight though. Right. So it kind of evened itself oh, out. Yeah. But the craziest part was because we went, my the wife and I, because we got married this past year, Laura, and we, um, oh, congratulations, thank you, and we went, we wanted to go hiking, of course, in the mountains. But we're like, oh gosh, I mean, we did go one Sunday afternoon, and it was about ninety five, and we didn't go; it wasn't a long one, so we were able to make it manageable. But I'm like, let's go on a really long hike one of these days. So we literally had to begin hiking at five a.m. in Denver. Uh where it was still, when we were still driving into Boulder, it was still pretty dark. So we're like, we may like see a bear or a moose or something. So we were like prepared to run for our lives, but it was, it oh, was geez. like, that's what made it manageable. Is, and cause I think it got up till by the time we got back, I think at like, gosh, maybe 10 o'clock, it was at 85 degrees. And we're just like, yep, let's get some shade now before it gets any worse. Cause that sun, no oh, matter. God, Oh man, because even doesn't matter how how I mean, no matter how humid it is, ninety five degrees is still ninety five degrees. Yep, and that's when I don't leave my house. That is, oh <laughs> man, that is exactly when I don't leave my house I would, either. I would, I would rather be cold than hot. I will. That's that's the that's probably the best part about the winter time up here is that our electric bill is so low because we were hitting about eighty. Like our typical our electric bill in our apartments about twenty twenty five bucks during the winter time. Cause it's mainly just, yeah. you know, the electric stuff we use, you know, TVs, whatever AC is obviously what the electric or electric is what the AC runs on in the summertime. So we're hitting about 85 bucks. Cause I just, oh, well, oh man, I, well, cause I, I sweat, I get really warm. Like if I put boots on for a long period of time, even if it, it can be like negative 10 degrees outside, I'm still sweating. Yeah. That's just, that's just how I oh, am. Yeah. But Speaking of hot teams right now, or at least hot at the top of the West Division, are the St. Louis Blues. Now, Laura, I mentioned the reason why I had to mention that the fact that they played the tied for the most games in the West Division is because Vegas has had problems with COVID and a lot of a few other teams, Minnesota as well. St. Louis right now, though, still a respectable record to say the least. Currently 10-6-2. And I, it's weird because I look at that, I'm like, yeah, but, you know, Vegas has played three less games and Colorado has yeah. played four less games because they've had COVID issues as well. Do you see a first place St. Louis Blues team as the true first place team right now in that division? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> at, least um, you're, at least you're honest. I mean, part, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's lopsided, like you said, because the Blues haven't had to deal with the whole team having to uh, postpone games because uh, of COVID. So, I mean, this law that averages is just, it's just how it falls. But, I mean, unless they figure out a way to win the second game and two game series, I mean, Colorado and Vegas are going to catch up. No problem. Cause the blues have like very little zero sustained winning urgency apparently. So, I mean, this keeps up They're They're not going to finish in the top. They have to, they have to fix how they're playing in, in second games. Right now I'm looking at the, the overall summary. I'm looking at winning percentage right now. It goes Vegas, 
Colorado, and then St. Louis. So they are still third. So they're in a playoff spot in terms of points percentage because I feel like that's what's going to have to happen in the NHL. Everyone's like, oh, they can still get 56 games in. I'm like, listen. If I wanted to go, go, if I want to go talk to a lie, I'll go talk to one of my aunts or uncle. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, I'll go. Right. I'll I'll go talk to someone who is telling me that masks don't work. That's what I'll, that's when I, if I want to hear a liar today, that's what I'll go do. (laughs) But the, I, 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 they're still a competitive hockey club. I mean, this is still a a team that's, they're not eons away from being a, you know, a cup contender, but they're, they, they just had a, you know, they have a good team right now. They have David Perrin leading the team in points. But the big story, I think, coming with this St. Louis Blues team, while they may be inconsistent, is Jordan Cairo, the third-year guy. Yeah. Seven goals, 10 assists, 17 points. He just kind of burst onto the scene and said, you know, with a couple guys not stepping up, and I know Ryan O'Reilly's still there, and there's the whole thing with Tarasenko, but he's coming in and saying, listen, I can be a big part of this team, and he's done that so far for the Blues. Oh, yeah. I've been very, very, very happy. Uh, he had a great game um, Saturday night. Like, that was – I mean, he's, he's had several great games this season. But Saturday night, he – I mean, he was about to, to pull that team across the finish line if they could have um, could have survived the third period. I mean, he has gotten – and a lot of his opportunities have fallen, you know, because of injury because half the team's broken right now again. But, um, I mean – He's just, he's taken that responsibility and he's run with it. He's responded to the added, you know, the added responsibility. Um, and obviously, you know, the coaching staff feels like he can do it and they've put him in, um, in a lot of positions where he can succeed. Like he's not on the third or fourth line this year. He's, he's up there in the top six. And, um, I mean, part of that, you know, cause Barbashev's broken right now and, um, uh, you know, Thomas is out and Tarasenko's out and Bozak's out and all these people are out. But, you know, it says something when you have a position like that and it's almost like, well, you got to step up and they do it. They don't just, you know, flounder or coast along or just kind of, you know, go like, well, I'm just kind of in here for, you know, just for the time being. I mean, he's really, really, really making the best of it. And it's been, he's been, honestly, I think for Blues fans this season, he's been probably the most exciting part. Like, he's the guy that I've noticed most people, like, during games and stuff, uh, commenting on and talking about um, on social media has been Kyra. He's been just, sure. I, I, I love watching him because I remember watching him back in the World Juniors back in 2018. Now, while he didn't win, but, I mean, he was a big-time junior player with the Sarnia Sting, and I, I loved watching him because you could tell he had that kind of jump, but you just you were worried about, you know, a lot of people are looking at his, his, I don't want to say his size cause he is six foot, but the yeah. problem is, is the fact that he was only, he's still only 175 pounds, but he's still a kid, right? He's only, if I'm looking at his age, right, yeah. he's 22 years old and gosh, he's, he's younger than my brother. That's how, or my, my brother's only a couple months younger than he is. That's how young this kid is. But this is really his first real year to show that he can be a full-time NHLer and Oh yeah. I don't want to make this assumption too early, but I'm getting looks and cause just cause the way it ended for this guy, I'm getting a lot of Robbie Fabry feelings with Cairo. Just a guy that's kind of shown up and like, Oh, here's the guy that's going to help lead the blues. Maybe not the star, the superstar, yeah. but effective. That's why I'm kind of getting with Cairo. Do you see that as well? Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think that the key thing with him is that, well, two key, key things cause cause Fabry that didn't end well for the blues. I mean, it, the, the team took care of him and I think got him to the best position he could be in. Um, 
But like Fabry got hurt a few times and I just don't think that that really, I think it put a kink in his development and I don't know if he didn't really ever get a, get an opportunity to really get back into the lineup the way that, you know, he was being utilized before he got hurt that I think it just set him back. Um, but right now, I mean, the way that, the way that Kyrie is playing, I don't see that happening because the, a lot of the guys that are out, I mean, obviously we need them and we value them, but I don't, I don't know if like, you know, Arbuchev's not on the top line anymore. So now here's Kyra. That's not, not a downgrade. No. You know, so I think that there's a lot more opportunity um, with Kyra for sustained growth. I don't think he's going to be, you know, sent off to, to the Red Wings um, or that guy that's playing our fourth line center tonight. <laughs> not that I'm knocking Jacob Delarose, but I, his, his yeah. time came and went and Delarose, I mean, yeah. we, I saw him a little bit in Detroit and he was feisty, but he's not going to be your top guy. But what do you think about David? Oh, no. What do you think about David Perrin? I, a guy that's, I, I, it's weird because when he, his first stint with the blues was like, all right, this guy's gonna be a superstar. And then he went away to the, to Edmonton and to to Pittsburgh, and it's like okay, maybe not. But now he's back, and now he's leading the team in points. Is this just because other guys aren't producing, or is David Perrin being a guy that can lead this hockey club? I I think he is. I mean, last season definitely Perron really, um, and I really noticed this in the playoff bubble. But I noticed it, you know, before they had to call the season too. Um, he's kind of a guy that like if the team at the end of the game just like is playing okay, but not white hitting that level or, you know, is, is really, really close to scoring that game tying goal, but they just can't seem to do it. It's almost like Parade is just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it myself. Um, and he has scored more like game tying goals. And last year, I think he set the club record for over our overtime winner goals. Like he had like five, like he has really, really, really kind of gotten this, like, you know what, if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it kind of feeling to him. And I mean, I appreciate that because I think that it, it snaps everybody else to attention. Cause I mean, if, if Perron could do it, I mean, not that I'm knocking him, but I mean, if he's doing it and he's being a veteran leader now, and he's grown up a lot since the blues drafted him. Um, oh yeah. You know, then, then what's to keep other guys, the bigger name guys on the team from being like, you know what? I'm going to do that too. You know, so I think that there's a lot of um, a lot of carryover effect to a lot of the other forwards when they see somebody, you know, step up with that level, not just a skill, but with like determination, to just be like, you know what, I'm winning this game. That that's one thing that I think I've seen with, with David Perrin, and I'm not saying this is going to make what I'm about to say is going to probably make him sound incredibly selfish, but he's always seemed like the kind of player that plays the hero puck sometimes, where he's just like, you know what, no one yeah. else gets it, I got it, but. If it works, and especially with this Blues team with so many guys, so many top guys out of the lineup right now, and a lot of kind of you know question marks. I mean, no offense to Mackenzie McKechnie, and I met the kid when he was at Brother Rice. He's not gonna be your top. He's not. He's not gonna be your top scorer. No. And and I, and I love I love McKechnie. He's a great kid. Shoot, if you put up a hundred points in twenty five high school hockey games, you're pretty good. But pretty I good. you you need to have a guy like Perrin that can you know step into the role and say I'm like all right, I can be the leader of this team. Now the big, yeah. the big question I think that everyone had, cause he had a little bit of a sophomore slump and it, like I said, it didn't go so well against the Canucks in the playoffs, Jordan Bennington. 
And I was full that that cup run. I was full Bennington, Benzie for Vesna all the way. Benzie for Calder, whatever trophy he could get, get it to him because he deserved it. Not this Bridgestone fan choice winner of the year. No, Con yeah, Smythe, everything. Like, real Calder, uh, Con Smythe, give this guy everything because he was magical, magical that year for the for the Blues. And now, how are the Blues feeling about him now? I mean. Now you don't have the option to go to Jake Gallon. He's in Montreal, and despite the game last night, he still looks pretty good for the Habs right now. But yeah, I mean, is does this team live and die with Jordan Bennington? And you know, how do the Blues fans feel about his play so far this year? Well, I mean, it's hard to talk about the Blues without talking about a goalie controversy. Um, I think <laughs> no that, kidding. Uh, um, uh, I, but I think that fans like he's. He, I think he's bounced back. Like there haven't been there have been a couple games where I was like. Ugh watching him, but it wasn't entirely his fault. Like the, there've been a few games where the defense in front of him has just been like atrocious. Um, but I think that this year he's not, obviously he's not in like 2019 form. I mean, that was almost like a once in a lifetime kind of, kind of thing. But I think he's, I feel like he's stabilized to where like the fans know that he's the number one. Like, nobody's fighting for Huso to be the number one. I mean, this no. isn't like Bennington Mallon or, um, you know, all the other 1A. Elliot Halak. Right. Oh, yeah. Man, that mean, was, like, that one was crazy. <sighs> Freaking Ryan Miller. Yeah, I mean. Oh, you know, my gosh. I mean, that wasn't a controversy. That. that was a bad move. That was not a controversy. That, Let's, that was the, that's the reason why there will never be another big goaltending deadline trade ever just because of that trade five percent better that that didn't work <laughs> and that was that was Doug Armstrong's clunker right there but but I mean like right now I think that people accept the fact that Bennington's the number one um it seems like the team is really happy with what he's accomplishing this season um for what I was reading they're they're probably gonna go for a big contract extension on him um which is good I mean it's nice to have stability even though in the blues net stability doesn't mean anything because it's almost like we have to have somebody like a 1b or a challenger or somebody complains about something or there's drama or something stupid um but i think that this season like people are comfortable with him and i don't think that people are uncomfortable with Huso. they just realize you know he's had some injury setbacks he's been you know he had a few rough seasons in the ahl but Recently, he's been playing a lot better, and now that he's gotten some NHL, like actual NHL experience under his uh, under his belt, he looks like he's calmed down, yeah, a little bit, and and he's he's looking like not somebody obviously that we want to net like every other game, but he really does look like he's gotten a lot more comfortable and focused out there. So, I mean, I think the Blues are pretty okay in goal. Hopefully, you know, Bennington doesn't get hurt. Okay. Like Knock on wood, Laura. My concern. <laughs> yeah, because if it's if, if we have to rely on Huso for the starter, that 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 would concern me. But you know, for right now, everything's fine. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to try to jinx anything. Um, so I mean, it is what it is. I'm just interested to see at the end of the season, you know, how stuff turns out and how much money you know Doug Armstrong wants to wants to give them and how much term and if other teams, you know, want to compete for that opportunity or not. I think that's going to be really interesting to see. Now, the only thing I want to say is probably if say the, 
the horrible hypothetical that Jordan Bennington gets hurt tonight for the Blues. I I know it's horrible to think, but it is Los Angeles, and who knows with that team. But you have a goaltender down there, Joel Hofer, and Joel was just magnificent in the tournament last year for Team Canada in the World Junior Tournament. But the kicker with that is he's never played in the NHL. And what I think a lot of people learned last year, maybe not last year, two years ago, when Mikey DiPietro, who had a great tournament for Canada in the 2018 tournament, gets thrown or the 2019 tournament, excuse me, gets thrown into playing for the Vancouver Canucks and gets lit up for six goals. You don't want that to happen with him, but you have a goaltender down with your taxi squad right now and probably could be playing the HL if you didn't want to have to worry about, you know, having to quarantine and whatnot and they'll have the, you know, changing bubbles and all that. Cause I do understand that point, but having a goaltender that's been practicing, it's been around the team that could be helpful at least for him to kind of get accustomed to the NHL, you know, the lifestyle, the experience. So when, if ever comes down to it where whoso goes down or for some reason COVID hits to either of the goaltenders, you can step in. And I'm not saying like this guy's your can't miss prospect because he had a great tournament and had, you know, he had a you know right. real good run with the Portland Winterhawks. But it, last year was, I think, his best year at junior ho- at the junior hockey level. So but I think if you give him time, he can be a goaltender. He may be a number two. But I guess is there any assurance of that, of having a guy like Hofer who is coming off a great year to just kind of sitting around watching Bennington was a great junior goaltender his own right and watching Huso and just kind of learning the tricks and the trades, kind of having him around the team. Do you think that'll help him in the future for the blues? Oh, I think so. I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot to be said in just like learning through observation. You know, I mean, sometimes you don't have to be thrown in the fire to learn an important lesson. I mean, sometimes you don't have to chunk the five-year-old kid in the swimming pool to teach him how to swim, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that just being able to, be there and watch and learn and practice and, and stuff like that is it's, it's very fantastic experience. And I mean, and I know that he's able to get that this year because of a, just a weird, a weird situation, but you know, I mean, I think it's good. I don't know. Like you said, I'm not really sure if just like chunking him in the fire or somebody goes down would be very helpful because there's no faster way to screw up. Goalies are squirrely anyway, so there's no faster way, you know, to screw up a goalie's controversy than just be like, here, have fun, you know, but. What do you mean? I us goaltenders, we, we're not, we're, we're totally normal and fine. We can go in and do, we're, we're calm, cool-headed individuals. We have nothing wrong with us whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, y'all don't talk to your goalposts. I mean, y'all are okay. Oh, Whatever. gosh. I, who was it? I forgot who did it earlier this year. There's a goal. T- oh man. It was one of the backups for one of the teams out West that oh. it rang off the post and he literally looked over and gave it a couple taps. Oh gosh. I forgot. Uh, what, I forgot who it was. Now that's killing me, but it, you're right. It does happen. Well, Patrick Waugh ready for a, ready for a really dumb story. Patrick Waugh in itself. Have you ever watched Patrick Waugh warm up? He warmed up so awkwardly compared to any standard oh, yeah. today. The thing he would actually do before a game because everyone knows how crazy Patrick Waugh is as a coach, let alone, you know, being uh, a player. Yeah. He would literally talk to his goalpost to the point to his net to the point where he believed that the net actually shrunk down to like instead of, you know, six, you know, four by six, it was like three and three quarters and five and a half. <laughs> like that's how he like how he prepared because oh it was a mental thing. And yeah. Now, I'll be honest, I can't say I've changed much because every time I say, oh, don't worry, Kelly, I'll, I'm not going to be superstitious for the Leafs in the playoffs. Don't worry. Come game five, I'm sitting on my couch in the exact same spot because I'm like, we are going to win. And then the Leafs lose anyways because the Leafs like disappointing me. But regardless, 
I still like, he was my favorite goalie when I was a kid. And like, when you're a kid, you don't know any better, but my dad, I'm pretty sure my, yeah, my dad's watching right now and he's like, he's a, she's a Patrick Waugh fan. How dare she? But, um, (laughs) I, but like as an adult and like knowing how he is, I'm kind of like, uh, never learn about your heroes. Um, nope. (laughs) Sometimes it's best just to be like, you know what? I liked watching him and then just leave it at that. Well, gosh, there's, there's probably a lot of athletes out there that are, that are like that. I know there's some people that are. Oh yeah. Ever, like people that, if you remember, people remember the Phoenix Coyotes controversy when Wayne Gretzky had to sell the team and how there was money issues with that. Everyone remembers like, oh, Wayne Gretzky, what a great, you know, ambassador for the game nowadays. And don't you guys remember yeah. like a decade ago when they were like bankrupt, the Gretzky's were? <laughs> remember how, remember, right? how, remember like, how well that went over? What what a horrible coach he was. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like well, sometimes the greatest players, they, they don't make the best coaches. Well, um, yeah. Oh, that, well, that's. He, he does. He didn't that's why my wife thinks I could be a coach because I was not that good of a goaltender which I tell her oh thanks hon <laughs> thanks for being such a supporting wife oh that's nice <laughs> jeez no she hey you know what it meant uh, my career ending meant I got to spend more time with her that's all that it meant um no gosh well I was I listened to a show that I listen to Hockey Central all the time on Sportsnet listen to the podcast for him and they were yeah. a discussion of of talking about like how Sheldon Keefe's a good coach and how like they all look at all these players and these former players and goaltenders and whatnot, you know, being good coaches. And I'm like, yeah, how many of them were actually good? Like, yeah, it never translates having top players go from the, you know, the NA or being a star in the NHL to being a coach. It doesn't work out. And I'm like, yes, Gretzky, the legit greatest statistical player to ever play the game. Couldn't coach. Who would have thought? I mean, he's like, like, he's like this guy that I had in high school, like AP stats teacher, who was like the most brilliant mathematician in the world and just couldn't teach, just couldn't do it. Cause he was just like at a level so far above everybody else that he couldn't, he couldn't bring it down to the fundamentals. And I kind of wonder, I'm like, I wonder if that was Gretzky's problem. Like, oh. you know, he's just so naturally gifted and talented. He's just like, yeah, just do it this way. And people are like, you're Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> we, we can't. When when that puck goes over here, make sure you stand over here. Why? Just do it. Okay. Like that's why. Like okay. That was the worst part about because I was I was pre- I was pretty good at math in school. I guess I could say I never had an, I never studied for any ever tests and I always got A's. So I remember one time my teacher's like, "Ty, you want to help out teach out this struggling student? Teach him how it was. I don't know if it was algebra or stats or whatever it was." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And I just ended up doing their work for them because I just couldn't explain it to them yeah. how I was figuring out all these answers. So I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be a tutor because I don't know what's going on here. Let's jump back to the blue. Let's jump back to the blues here, Laura. And obviously, Laura, who's a much better teacher than I am, teach me this. Who is teach me and tell me, explain to me who has been without when we talked about Jordan Cairo earlier on. But who else has really kind of caught your eye and surprised you so far this season? Who has been a player that, you know, has maybe not I don't say underperformed in years past, but has really stepped up with this blues team this season? Um, right now it's definitely Justin Falk. Like he is, he was the whipping boy last year and I've been not, I mean, not that I disliked him. I just thought he never played up to, you know, the contract that, that he was given. Um, but and going into this year, it was kind of like, well, you know, not really sure if he's going to have a spot on the power play. We're not really sure if he's, you know, who he's going to get paired with, if he needs to be in the top defensive pairing or, you know, like after after last year, and he has just like blown the doors off of last year's performance. And 
I don't know if it's because, you know, it just took him a while to get used to the system. I don't know if it was, you know, just the, you know, swift kick in the butt with the Blues losing Petrangelo and him kind of realizing, okay, I'm kind of like part of the top two now, like with no Petro and no uh, Bomeister. But, I mean, he is night and day. And it's been it's been really nice to see, like, you don't want to like actively root for one of your own players to fail. Um, but it, it was, you know, it was frustrating to watch him last year a lot until I would say the playoff bubble. And he finally started to kind of, you know, get going a little bit. And it was like, well, where, where's this been all season? And that was one of the questions coming in this year. Is it like, well, was the playoff performance just kind of, you know, just a fluke, or is that what we're going to see more of, or, or what's going on? And, and I think everybody's really, really glad that it was, it apparently was not a fluke. Like, just getting them on the top pairing with, with Tori Krug and um, that pairing together has been, it's been good. I mean, there have been moments of, like, not perfection, but overall, I mean, I don't really have anything to complain about. Well, that's obvious. Always, I mean, the thing about Falk was this: he got thrown into a weird situation because Joel Edmondson had been such a big part of that blue line during the Cup run and the years previous for the Blues, and all of a sudden that you know one for one, I'm like, what was the point? I'm like, what what are you doing, Doug? I mean, you're aren't you going to try to win again? But and, and yes, Falk didn't look so good. And the same thing with Joel Edmondson down in Carolina. Now, yes, he was around you know guys like Jacob Slavin, and there was a you know a very good decor in Carolina. So I think Edmondson was able to help out. Now, of course, with Montreal, but. You know, yeah. I think it just for him, it just took a little bit of time to for Justin Falk, at least to figure out the systems and how the team wanted to play. And then, like you said, with Petro gone, he, you need that. You need someone to step up on that right side. And Falk has, you know, in the past, you know, with Carolina, I mean, that's that's the only team he ever played for. He had been the top guy on that top pair on the right yeah. side. And now he was able now he's able to show what he's able to do on the St. Louis team. And now I believe he's got, what, eight points right now so far this season? Five goals and three assists? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean yeah, he's not going to be a point juggernaut, but I don't think he's ever been, as long as he can be effective no. when he gets those minutes on the power play. That said, though, Laura, who yeah. has who in this Blues lineup has kind of underwhelmed you? Who has been, I mean, obviously you could probably just go on a laundry list of guys that have maybe not quite have been, you know, up to snuff or whatnot. I mean, Sammy Blaze only has three points. Of course, Sandy Gaines only played in eight yeah. games. Those guys are hurting. Kyle Clifford, while he's, I mean, I guess they, I guess the Blues knew what they got when they got him. He only's got three goals this year. Yeah. But who has really, who has had the expectations coming into this season of being a big-time player for this team, whether it be a top six forward or a top two pair defense? Who has not played up to the standards that is expected of them so far for the Blues this year? Honestly, I, I mean, he's obviously not, like, playing top six defense right now. He, he is where he should be, but it's, it's probably Vince done. Um, and, I mean, I, I know part of the expectations were, like, the new contract, salary arbitration, all that good stuff this summer. And we were like, okay, well, you know, he got his year deal, so – now it's his time to like you know show the team and show like show the league like what he's capable of because he's a he's a pretty solid defenseman. Um, but this season he just he has I'm not gonna call him a pylon, but there have been a couple times where like 
I don't know if the effort's not there or the awareness isn't there, but he's gotten walked on a couple goals. Um, and I mean to the point where, you know, if the post-game press conferences and stuff, if somebody talks about defensive effort, you, you know that they're talking about done, like, because we just saw it in that game. So that, I think, has been kind of the weak spot. Um, and it's not because people have, like, super overinflated expectations of the guy. I mean, it's done. But I, I do think, though, that fans expected a, a higher caliber of play out of him this year than I think we've gotten so far. So hopefully that that, that, that gets sorted out. Because, I mean, he's, he's a good defenseman. He's a good kid. Um, it's just that so far this year, it just hasn't I'm – not, I'm not – saying the effort hasn't been there necessarily, but just the consistency and the, the ability and the, just the awareness just hasn't been super present like it, like it should be. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of put it like, Oh yeah, I'm not gonna say he's bad, but I'm not going to call you mud, but you do look like dirty water right now. I, it's funny. They, yeah. I got the, I got the blues game right now or not the blues game. I have the, the Leafs playing the flames right now. They're playing on TSN and they're talking about what was the best sight or sound, and they were showing the McKinnon goal against Vegas, where Petrangelo was oh, one that's supposed to be covering him. And, I mean, I guess from what you've seen so far, I mean, is it almost better that Petro's not on the Blues team, or do you just think he's just not fitting well in Vegas? Because Petrangelo has not looked so good since signing that big deal with over there in Las Vegas. Oh, no. Like, Tyroo completely blew past him that, that one game for his goal. It was hysterical. It. I don't know if it's one of those things where, you know, they had a short camp because of COVID and it's just probably going to take them a little while to kind of figure out, you know, exactly the system and exactly what's going on and the style of play. Um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's out of character for them. That's for sure. But I, I don't know if it's necessarily like an, Oh, thank God he's gone. It's just more of like a, well, this is weird. Like it's, I'm not like, actively hoping he doesn't do well but it's also every time I see a play like that it kind of I'm like well you know maybe maybe stuff didn't turn out as drastically terrible as some people thought it was going to like there was a small contingency of fans who were very sky is falling um when when he when he left um and and I've never really gotten attached enough to a player or a captain to to feel that way when when one person leaves or like, Oh my God, it's the end of the team. But I, I wasn't upset when, when the blues didn't sign him. And I thought that that Doug Armstrong, you know, went for the second best guy on the market and got him, which was smart because there wasn't any guarantee that, you know, that Petrangelo was going to stay. So, you know, you wait around too long and you're out the top two defensemen in the free agency market. So exactly. I yeah. mean, I think in the long run, you know, it worked out, fine. I mean, I would have preferred to have been able to keep the guy, but watching him so far in Vegas, I'm not, you know, horribly crushed that, that he's not on the blues anymore. I'm, I, I think it's going to take him some time. I really do. I, and, and he's, you know, I don't know if he had COVID, but he was, he was off on the protocol list for a while. And I mean, if he had it, that might be part of the problem too. So right. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that it'll take a little while to, to kind of get in the swing of things out there, but that was that was a really big contract that really shook up the team in in a lot of ways. That I think you know, just just 
could have repercussions, especially just like shipping out some of the big players right. to keep them. Um, so I think that the Vegas, I'm not, not, I'm not saying they have him on a tight leash because I don't think they do because it's Alex Petrangelo, but he, he is going to have to start playing a little better for them um, to justify you know, the amount of money they, amount of money in the term that they gave the guy. That is true. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we just talked about Justin Falk, so maybe that's a similar scenario where new team. I mean, Petrangelo's been with the Blues forever, so maybe it just takes a little bit to yeah. get away the the Vegas Golden Knights do things over there. Now, granted, they just do this thing of we're going to pay everyone a bunch of money and we're going to worry about that tomorrow. We're going to try to win now. I mean, then again, this seems like the year they have to win, or else, boy, oh boy, you talk right. about you know the house always wins. Well, kids, the NHL may win this one, where the where the Knights may be a rebuilding team in two years. Who knows? But right, yeah. the Blues in this West Division. Oh, go ahead, Laura. Sorry. No, I was just saying, just get the success while you can, I think, is kind of their mindset. There's nothing wrong with that, but you also really do have to always kind of keep, you know, keep an eye on the future, too. Yep. You can't, and they do can't have, bet everything on right now. And they do have a pretty solid team now with the, with the AHL team there in Henderson, so they keep close tabs. Because I know they were having some issues with the Chicago Wolves there for a little bit and trying to find an actual AHL affiliate, at least, you know, for full time. So now they have their own. So the hope it helps them, helps them develop. Obviously not for the Blues' sake if they have to stay in that division with them. But yeah. going back to the St. Louis Blues here, we talked about first in the division, but they played more games. You don't see them as a division champ, but what are the expectations? Obviously, playoffs, just make the playoffs is one thing, but... Do you oh, see yeah. much further past that? Maybe a round win. I mean, what what do you think the Blues' expectations are this season? You know, I'm I'm so terrible at making predictions for them because I'm such a fatalist. Even after they won the cup, I'm still like, but did they? Um, I mean, honestly, after after last year's um, performance against Vancouver, which was just not good. Um, I do think that the expectation this year is you have to do better than that. I know it's not really a high bar um, because the playoff bubble was just such an aberration of play for them. Um, I think though that, I mean, most fans, especially coming off the Stanley cup right now are still kind of set on like this. Well, success means we have to go back. Um, But, you know, I honestly, I don't know because, it's just a matter of if they stay healthy, like if they get healthy again and can stay healthy and can put forth a lot of sustained pressure. I mean, they have just as good a chance as anybody else. Um, it's just sometimes it, the, the focus sometimes doesn't feel like it's there. And I don't know if that's because of injuries or because of whatever, or sometimes, I mean, who, who knows, but, they do need to do a little bit better on maintaining pressure and you know, realizing that once you win a game, it's okay to win the next one too. <laughs> like right. you can string together a streak if you want to. Um, and unless they, unless they figure out how to do that, I mean, it very easily could be like win a, win a round, maybe, maybe win a couple rounds and that's, that's it. So yeah. like, yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know. This is still kind of so early in the season and since like, Half the team's broken right now, but you know, and that if they get you know Tarasenko back and he's he's healthy and the shoulder really is taken care of this time, I mean that could be something that could completely change the entire the entire thing. So that is true. It's, just, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, oh, sorry, Laura, go ahead. And I was just gonna say, like, I'm, I mean, after cheering for this team for 
about like 30 years. Um, you know, it's even after winning the Stanley Cup, it's really hard for, for me to be like, Oh my God, they're going to win it all again. Just because, you know, <laughs> you're just so used to it. I'm like, ah, oh, well that was, yeah. that was a great spring, but it's like, come on, <laughs> really? It's not yeah, like, exactly. Like, I'm, I mean, it's, it's hard even after winning a Stanley Cup, it's still kind of hard to, to shake that, you know, shake years and years and years of, of conditioning, I guess. Yeah. I'm working on it. I'll, I'll get past it sooner or later. I'm sure. I'll be honest. I've only been a Leafs fan for probably about 10 years and change. And I've just accepted the fact I'm like, even if the Leafs win around this year, I'm like, they're not going to win much more than that. I mean, come on. Yeah. And they're so good. Like I've really enjoyed watching the Leafs, but I mean, you just, you just learn to have an expectation set. And, and, and let me tell you when that expectation set finally gets broken, it is the weirdest, weirdest feeling. Like you, it's almost like a part of your identity. It's just yeah. like, well, I can't complain anymore. What do I, I do? Like crap. It's it's weird because I've always been I've always been told like someone like people that have been Boston Red Sox fans like in '04 when that happened, people said like it wasn't like overjoy and elation. It was like it happened, like a surprise, yeah. like realization. Like what's the the scene at the end of the Sixth Sense when Bruce Willis realized that he's been dead the entire time? Like an M Night Shyamalan twist. Like wait, <laughs> we actually won. This is a thing. Yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, well, it's like like Cubs fans. I mean, I can't imagine how they felt. I mean, well, they partied. They didn't know any better. They were all Bill Murray drunk and all that stuff. They just partied. They they probably could have lost that game. They would not. They would have still partied the same amount. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, I just it's it's just it's it's weird and it's just so hard to kind of. I mean, at least the Red Sox have had like sustained success after that World Series win, so their fans know, you know. Yeah, they've had a few like clunkers of the season here or there, but they're not like it wasn't a fluke. So maybe it just takes winning the Stanley Cup more than one, <laughs> you know, to, to actually kind of shake that feeling. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we won't have to um, we won't have to wait another fifty two years until the next one. Oh, who who knows how long it'll be? At least fans have been waiting forever. We've been chatting with Laura Astoria from SB Nation's St. Louis Game Time. You can follow her on Twitter at Hildy Mac. Follow St. Louis Game Time at St. Louis Game Time on Twitter. Laura, it's been a pleasure. It's always fun having you on Talking Blues. Hopefully, when we talk next Absolutely. time, it's hopefully it's good stuff. Because the last time we talked, it was after it was right before Petro got signed by the Vegas Gold Knights. Now the Blues are the Blues, but hopefully, when we talk, it's hey, the Blues won around, and hopefully, it's that kind of good talk. But it's been a pleasure once again. Well, Laura. I hope so too. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. All right, Laura, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good rest of your week, and hopefully stay safe and tell those kids to not go to Florida next time they go on a break. How about that? Oh, trust me, I will be telling that a lot this week. <laughs> Laura, you have a good one, all right? Take this care. You too. Have a good night. That was Laura Astorian of St. Louis Game Time. We do have the Leafs on right now. Calgary's up one nothing, by the way. Michael Hutchinson, Dave Riddick getting the starts. Hey, guess what? Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Cooper, we can't hear the mic from over there. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, it's good. Oh, yes, it's my birthday. Oh, man. I got a, a Reese's Pieces cake. That came from my sister-in-law, Sarah. It's it's a Reese's cake. It's got Reese's Pieces. It said Reese's Pieces cake. on. That's not my real cake? I have more than one cake. There might be a second cake. Are you kidding me? 
So we got the wife. We got the dog stumbling in here. Hold on. I think we, we may need to get like a wide shot. Kel, can you go to, all right, you're going to have to go to the camera. And like, hey, Cooper, you're, yeah, Cooper Weidenthaler, who I work with at Davenport. Cooper, you're a camera guy. Go in. If you tilt, see the thing on the top there, tilt it. No, no, the little knob at the top. There you go. Zoom out. There you go. Because you guys are going to have to come over here. Move the light. Can you push the light back? We're doing this live here, obviously. No, don't turn the light. There you go. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, Cooper, get your big butt out of the way. Why don't you? So we got, you have to grab a chair, Kel, if you want to come in here. This is, ladies and gentlemen, making his appearance. I think I need to grab a microphone for this. Cause I only have one. This is Cooper Weidenthal. I work with him over at Davenport. Hey this is Cooper. You have to probably yell if you want to hear the mic. Hi guys. Oh, oh yes, and here's the best <laughs> part. Here's the no. You got to come over here. Okay, no. but I can't. I, 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 the surprise. Oh my oh, god. Hold on. Hand it a little further. I'm not looking at the cake. Guys, Ladies this is a very tenuous situation. Oh yes, this is the best. This is what I've been waiting for all day. You sure? This right here is. <laughs> oh, and I got a cookies and cream cake. You got Cookies and cream, cold stone ice cream cake. Holy cow. Look at that thing. Holy cow. For those who don't know, I, I love my husband. Yes, and it's National Margarita Day, and I specifically said, I'm like, we need to have a margarita on the show. Did she? Oh, you're in. It's cool. It's got to Oh, yeah. Well, then put it, it outside. outside. It's it okay. outside. Yeah, Wixie running around looking for cake. We have a cake right in front of me. We have a margarita. Where's Wixie at? Wixie is. Did you not hear her barking? I thought she was in here. <laughs> this is a great way to end the show. Is anyone really watching at this point? That's why I just realized. I'm like, Everyone's probably like, what the heck is going on here? I have a present. Hold on. Can I have some of my margarita first? Hold on. No one's singing happy birthday yet. If we're going to do this, we got to do this right. Cal Eric's Cal Not singing. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Like, I can't see because like 10 seconds behind here on the stream. I have to remember. Not myself. singing. There you are. There's Callie right behind me here. We said no. happy birthday. Happy birthday to yeah. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tyler. Happy birthday to you. Okay. Blow out your candle. your candle. <laughs> Getting the dang horn in there. All right, so uh, do, I, do I close my eyes for the wish or whatever? Hold on, hold on. McKayev's in on goal and a big save made oh by Dave Saver. Oh, my Blow out your candles. I'm going to do it first. for you. Because at least so much had a chance to score. Oh. They've been playing like garbage. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Hey, I got my blow. Go, baby. All in one go. Okay, there's oh, six candles on there. Sorry, you're 26. I, I know. I'm saying it's not that hard when there's only six candles. All right, do you want to open your present? I'm going to open my present now? Yes, you do. Well, I'd like more of my margarita. Am I the only one having a margarita right now? Yeah. Why? Unless you're going to tip it forward. Oh. Well, yes, because you, you almost... Tyler. It's Holy cow, look at all this. all this smoke. Can you get rid of the smoke detector before that goes go off? off? Are you sure? Those candles are That's going to be a great way to end the show. Beep, beep, beep. I'm too short. I can't do it. I'm on the doing the... we'll be okay. All right, if it starts going off, we'll just start panicking and yelling. This is a great way to end the show. Yeah, don't, yeah, blow the smoke blow towards the, the smoke detector. All right. Oh, yeah, there it is. holy cow. Or you can open Here, the window, too. <laughs> use my <laughs> gift. <laughs> use my box. <laughs> just chuck it across the room. Move the mic or switch spots with Cooper. No, because I have to talk to the mic because I, this is, this is my show. Ooh. Move your computer back a that's, little bit. That's moving we have, <laughs> whoa, what is this? That's not, that's not. You had one more cord, what? I swear to God. Yeah, I know. If I, well, okay, I do have two mics over there, but. Okay. Okay, hold on. We, ladies and gentlemen, here's my gift right here. It's not that. San Francisco. <laughs> Look at this. A piece of paper. Wow. wow. You, you tore up my you gift. Up. How dare you? The worst. Just ended it. <gasps> Look at this. Yeah, let me yeah, take the cardboard out of there. Hold on. I got, I got it. Hold on. I'll turn it around. Can you move the box? Yeah, I'm working on it. Here, just, is there nothing else in the box? Stop. Just throw it over there. I don't know. Just don't hit, just don't hit Pooh Bear. Don't hit Pooh Bear. He's, He's Pooh Bear. I got this. Is what I got right here. Yeah, it won't hit the margarita. This is the 
blueprint, no pun intended, for the Maple Leaf Gardens, the old home of the Toronto Maple Leafs that the wife got me. This is the outside look. It actually looks very similar to what you. I mean, this is obviously taking like 1940. Oh my goodness! This based is tremendous. On, it is tremendous. So but that you can tell it's like 1940 based on the cars. The present, no, because it's got the logo and it's got like the seating chart, like you know when you get like tickets or whatever. Thank you. Thank you. Do you so like much. it? I do like it. I like it a Good. lot. Thank you. Happy birthday. This is my birthday gift. I still have 24 minutes left in this show, guys. Just letting you know. Oh great. Um. Well, what do you want me to do? I can do one of two things. I can either just keep talking about the Leafs and I can start calling the game for you all. No. No? no okay. No. I wish well, it was another sport because then I'd call it with you. Mm. You can call it Coop. You can call it Coop. It's no, easy. I, just, I, hey. I don't know anyone's names. If, Let's go through your 26 years of life. That yeah. might oh, actually oh, oh, be oh, better <laughs> than listening to him call a game. Just kidding. 26 years of life? Did you not? Just kidding. <laughs> Literally? Well, it probably wouldn't be that worth it. Let's no. Uh, do you uh, want look, some cake? Do you want me to cut some cake? That if, cake or if, that cake? Well, may as well cut up this cake we have in front of us. Yeah. But the ice cream cake is. But let's be honest, we're gonna eat. Both of them. We're eating both cakes tonight, yeah. And I get to and I get okay, to go to work at. I just want to go out this anyway, Let's get slammed. Let's get yeah, let's get slammed because some of us have to go to work at two o'clock in the morning. Kelly, down in front. It's so good though. <laughs> well, I'm to say yeah, just going out with a fork. I mean, why have we not been doing those ones? We're all gonna die. The well, because I never, I don't take time, I, I don't take time to actually, you know, Frozen crush it so up. Better. Well, yes, they are oh, better, but I don't have time for that. Kelly. Kelly is talking about how why these margaritas are better than mine. Well, because Kelly took time to actually make a good margarita, whereas typically when I do it, when typically, everyone can see it. They're right in front here. Hey, this is my, this is my kill. <laughs> that was a great shot of you with a candle hanging out your mouth. Yeah. That's going to be our still shot of a blurred picture of Kelly with like a with like blue lip going across. Like, yeah. You always look taller than me. Because I am taller than you, Cooper. I know, but sometimes let's not have that. What? Absolutely. One of these frozen ones. Cooper wants a margarita. Well, that's the point. That's why I made sure I'm like, is she, are you, I knew when she was going to make margaritas, she was going to make good margaritas. It's an alcoholic slushy. What's not good about that? Come on. Well, have you ever actually just put like, if you're gone to like a, a, a gas station and gotten like an actual, here, actually, no, go grab, go grab that box. This next one. Go grab, go grab that. Yeah. Cause I, we can you do this here. Grabbing? Grab that box. This one? Yes. There's mics in there. We'll give you a mic actually. Let, let's actually like, you know, so people can hear you. It may not sound the best and it may sound muffled, but it'd be better than you trying to yell into my mic from over here. We're micing me up. I'm going to be famous. You're not going to be famous. No one gets famous on this show. <laughs> we bring the, we bring the famous people on here. This is great podcasting, by the way. Everyone like, li everyone listening right now is just like miserable. Yeah. What is going on? Hockey going on right now. No, there's plenty of hockey going on right now. All right, let's see. Does this work here? Let me, let me turn it up. I, Cause I gotta make sure I can hear you here, here. Speak into this. Live? Check, check, check. Hello. Oh, we can actually hear you. Is Hello. Actually... Pew, 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 pew. Oh gosh, don't start doing that. Sorry. You actually okay. have to like you have to like talk into the top of it. It's like literally. Holy, oh. yeah, like that. I can hear. Oh. Why am I? Yeah. Why are these on? You got me. Yeah, I can hear you. Hold on, let me turn. On. I don't. Why even... do you wear those? Well, so I can hear like the music and I can oh, hear okay. the people that I talk to when I you know have my guests on the show. I'm pretty sure people that are watching. Around, I'm like, oh my gosh, he has ears. I... <laughs> <laughs> he has ears. You can hear things. I can hear. Oh things. my goodness. How are you? How, we're gonna, why are you barking, Wix? We're going to call uh, Davenport softball this year, though. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. While I'm statting. While you're statting. It's easy. It's easy. Well, we, it's got no the, we, have, we have the equipment to do it. Who's pooping? Pooping. Oh, pooping. Oh. Mike, who's pooping? Oh, is this my mark? That's your mark. Yeah. Let's get turnt. Get turnt. You just dropped the word turnt. Let's get turnt up. Sorry, my was you? You probably have to either give her the mic or I'm going to somehow. No, I have no more room for another mic. She's going to eat cake. Nice back headshot, Kel. <laughs> just or just season. Now she's hiding. Now she's camera shy. There you go. There she is. 
Uh, right now, Calgary and Toronto, one nothing. Four and almost four and a half minutes into the second period. The Calgary Flames. I know Calgary that. Flames. What's up? Calgary Flames. Literally, Ferris. Literally, Harrison Watt gave Ferris State a New Jersey logo, and it was just the. It's literally Calgary with a Ferris State Bulldog logo. With, I'm here. Harrison Watt, ladies and gentlemen. I love Harrison. Good kid. Good kid. Smart kid. Tell me about. Tell you guys about my life. Yes, what I'm. I'm 30 years old. <laughs> he likes nothing. It's awful. He is single, yes. Even though we have a fan base that literally reaches from around the globe. So there's going to be some person in Amsterdam. Worldwide, be, worldwide. There's going to be one girl from Amsterdam. I'm like, well, that guy's not too bad looking. I don't, yeah, like, the, I don't like that I can't hear myself. Well, Because uh, normally when you like okay, do yeah. one of these things, you can't. Well, okay, you have a free I mic. The headphones. I have a free mic now. Can someone stop saying, okay, Google? Because now it popped up. Who's texting me in the middle of the show? Who's blowing were, you up? Were you texting me? Mom, love the press. Oh, mom's. Oh, hey. Yeah, she is. She you. watching? Mom. Oh, yeah. Mom's watching right now. Cool. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. I know dad's watching too. I think Colin's watching as well. I know there's like a. Well, because dad commented. I've never I, met any of y'all's families. None oh, of them. Well, you guys. Are you guys, are you guys embarrassed? Well, okay. No. Okay. We video chatted with your mom. That's true. That, that was. That was. Mama, Mama W. <laughs> Mama That's W. True. Met your dad. Uh, Papa W. Yeah. You Papa. guys are just ashamed of me. It's fine. It's cool. Papa Wyden, his name, last name is Weidenthaler. It looks like Weidenhaler. Yeah. <laughs> With a T there, but Heard I, that plenty of times. I, I choose to not say the T just so I can say Weidenhaler. So like, original. So original. I took a bite out of it. Do I have to I eat have, the whole? Oh, this is my fork. I didn't even know there was a fork here for me. Are you not paying attention, Cooper? Usually not. Uh, in about 19 minutes, oh, you're going to say healthy. Wow. That's fun. Yeah. In about 19 the minutes, bite. there's going to be talking minds with the rando here on 12 on sports where he's probably going to talk about sports the entire time. Oh unlike this program where it's turned into cake and margaritas, oh my which God. is, but it's, your birthday, it's, so. it's a weird mix. I'll say that birthday episode. Here, let me move my, this awesome picture before I drop like yeah. on it and margarita. Kelly, can you put this somewhere? Or Kelly's no, Kelly can put it somewhere. There you go. There we go. That, there's the close above it. There's oh, the there's yeah. there's the arena. Show them the ticket, the, the seating chart. There's that, and it's got the address even as well. Where are you gonna hang it up so proudly? Uh, probably in here. I got that wall right there. I may move one of these banners. Did I tell you Matt Martin doesn't work at the Hall of Fame anymore? Are you? What the heck? What are you? You bit. are breaking it up with the chocolate peanut butter covered fork. They. <laughs> It's, sorry. Do you want your lime chocolate more. cake, your chocolate lime cake? How's that taste, bud? Yeah. And here we go. And now it's going to taste. Oh, incredible. Guys, it's all going to the same place, I repeat. It's all going to the same place. We're going to start a radio show, too. Do they know that? Well, that's what I keep saying. We're all. We're all we. What? I don't know. You said that so fast. <laughs> what? So these banners we got from a guy at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, Dad, well, Dad, you're watching. Who? What, what was Matt Martin's title? Throw it in the comments for us here, because um, I don't remember what he, he was. A mark, he was part of the marketing group. I forgot what his exact title was. He doesn't work there anymore, though. So I got to figure out what it is so I can get. Because there's the Centennial banner that still was available. That's the last one that is currently being sold right now. I'd love to. That's the one I need. That's the complete. Well, I tell, you the one I'm tell me about it so we can get it. Well, because at the time, like we just bought, because we bought what two of these. And we had that one. No, we bought we bought three of these because because we got one for Alex, one for Dad, and one for me because we had to buy one for me after how they are so cool because it's double sided. Which we did see the Gordy Howe side for a while. Gordy Howe Cooper used to, was Mister Hockey. I know the name. Okay, yeah. Good. As a know, sports fan, I think I'm obligated to know. And that you know what? And you know Wayne Glensky? Wayne Wayne Wayne, Wayne, the, Wayne Gretzky. I do Wayne, know him. Wayne Gretzky, the great as we Laura. Well, 
He was number 99, wasn't oh, he? Oh, we talked about the Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. How you made him watch D2 and D3. Best decision ever. Mighty Ducks? No, they're Dad, making, it, was Matt, a new no, it wasn't Mark Martin, Dad. It was Matt Martin. Mark Martin is a race car He's driver. He's a NASCAR driver, yeah. I know Matt that. Martin with one T, by the way, not two Ts. Matt Martin with two Ts plays for the Islanders. Matt Martin with one T used to work at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Shout out to him and whatever he's doing. Because I sent him an email and it said, And oh, Ricky Martin used to be a singer. Ricky Martin used to be a singer. <laughs> living, <laughs> living the. Well, pardon me. He's not, he might well, be single too. Living La Vida Loca, baby. Well, he, he is a singer, but he doesn't like sing any like, the con- English. The singer. content of this podcast is immaculate right now. Like I said, people listening right now are actually miserable. Like, why is everyone sound muffled? Because we're eating Reese's cake. Yeah. And drinking margaritas. But we're not eating the cold stone cake that is the well, well, uh, yeah. we can't everything. We can't consume everything at once. Yeah, we could is, though. Well, after oh, once we get off, once, once we get off, once okay, once we get off, no, because that'll no ice cream will just ruin everything here. <laughs> what, dude? Once we once we get off the air, once we get off the air, it's just going to turn into it. Like, uh, maybe I'm sad. This is my first time here. Well, yeah. Well, he's always he's always wanted to come over. He's yeah. A, he he well, do you want to tell about the one time when I was doing an interview for the show? No, I was doing an interview on another podcast, and you came in and you like texted me like, "Hey, can I like you want to let me in?" But I was like yeah. knee deep in an interview, right? And he's he was like sitting outside the door, I just in the waiting outside the door, like sitting down. Thankfully, yeah. we were in the building. That's was, true. Not outside in the cold. Gosh, I remember that, and I was like, "What were you doing? Car. Why are you whipping our dog around over here?" I'm picking her up. You see. Here's Wixie. Wixie Haley. Hi, Wixie baby. Haley Wickenheiser Kuehl. Oh, this is gonna make this is gonna make Grandpa Ladies happy. Gentlemen. Grandpa and Grandma watching. Yeah, ET baby girl. Are you actually in the shot? Let me oh, let me see. Make sure you're in the shot. Cause I'm looking at the YouTube feed right now. There you are. Um, you see your backside right now. Let's start a baseball podcast. Absolutely no, because no, because then you're gonna spring go. training one week, guys. No, one week. No, it's going on right. Well, spring training games start. Games. About to say I'm like yeah, pitchers no. and catchers, pitchers and, and catchers I saw I saw Vlade Junior cutting today on the Toronto Blue Jays Twitter. Did he lose some weight? I'm not making a joke. I think How? he actually did lose weight. Uh, he lo- I'm not making fun of him. He's no. a stud. Oh, you see, did you see Albert Pujols retired? Yeah. Yes. After this year. After this year. Oh, it's after this year. This is yeah, last this season. This is last so, season. So 21 gonna, years. 21 years. Go Cardinals. Um, yeah, he's a Birds fan. I'm a Birds fan. Yeah, 21 years. That's a long time. Well, the reason I can't do a baseball podcast, I like talking about baseball, but it's you know how every episode's going to go? We're going to start talking about one team, and I'm going to say, Cooper, remember the 1993... <laughs> Remember the 1993 right field for the 1992 Cincinnati Reds. Well, who, yeah, who's going to play? Who, who was the relief? And then, who was the middle relief pitcher before Mitch at, Williams got thrown in in Game Six? Oh, <laughs> good lord! Big save, Dave, with another save. He's robbing Tavares all night tonight, guys. Um, I tell you, you, did a high school game Saturday. You did do a high school game. You don't know how much I got paid. How much? A lot. Oh, I was going to say I wasn't going to actually tell the actual number. Fifty. Yeah, which is about twice as much as I got paid when I was just doing broadcasting. High school hockey, man. Apparently, it pays here in West Michigan. Apparently, it's ludicrous. Well, um, if I was on the east side of the state, I would have made triple that probably. No, back to our baseball podcast. You would bring something up, and then I would have my computer out, and we would de- we would be eight tabs deep it would in ne- baseballreference.com. It, would, it would never be current events. Oh, no. No, it no, would, no. How far are the Twins out of first place? <laughs> Who cares? Remember the 87 Twins that beat the Tigers to win the pennant? We <laughs> <laughs> Kirby pocket for days. We'd talk about the day before scores for three minutes, and then it would be two hours of past stuff. Man, I tell you, the Miami Marlins are stinking right now, but that 97 team, how many times? That's that's probably our favorite team to look up is the 97 Florida Marlins. Florida. Al Leiter. If I blink in Morse code, help me, do you think people will notice? Nope. No. Because unfortunately, you said yes, yes again, yes a third time, and I do. 
and we signed on it, so no, unfortunately not. Single AF. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I want to switch places. No. And be married to Tyler? Yeah. Probably be some good uh, benefits. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> Yeah. Good night, everybody. No, yeah, that's a, that's an always sunny episode. Frank and Charlie get married just for the benefits. <laughs> Literally, the tax benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great benefit. episode, but, but yeah. not that part. Not not everything else. But yeah. gosh, big safe day. <laughs> <laughs> not, not anything else, yeah, obviously. The other benefits you ain't out. Wow. Yeah. This is a hockey podcast. It's a saucy time. episode. I did mark it that you were going to be here for the last half hour of it. These I didn't know. Margaritas, no. though. Are these are these are banger. You're welcome. These things are hit. Can I just say how awkward the dinner? Margaritas. Okay, I said you didn't have to make I'm dinner. You didn't have to do anything. All I wanted was margaritas. Oh, yes, yeah. Kelly is the best Ooh. wife ever. What was it? Rigatoni? Rigatoni. Is that the correct? Italian sausage, Italian sausage rigatoni. So good. It was really good. I had some while, while the Brian Mudrick interview was playing, so I got to have some dinner. Hold on. Maple Leafs on a breakaway? No. No, of course Saved. not. Because it's Mikheyev. He scored these two goals this All year, right. but he miss, hits the post every time. I just called a little hockey there. What's up? I Way to go. Thanks, guys. You didn't know the name, but no clue. What? You're right here. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna stand for that. Oh, I should have told. Oh, I told you to grab a chair. I should have told my mom and dad to watch. <sighs> hey, well, they can watch it on the Cool Show you replay on the Cool Show. There you it is. Oh my gosh, Calgary scored again. Gosh darn it! Yeah, you better call a penalty. Flames up two zip. Oh man, no, they scored before you even got in here. Anyways. Two nil. Oh, of course it's Kachuk. The day Muzzin's out with a broken face. Mu- Freaking Kachuk. A broken scored. face. Well, he broke. Yeah, he's got a cheekbone. I've broke had a broken face every day of my life. <laughs> Single still. All right. Self-deprecate, self-deprivation, it's the sincerest form of comedy. It is. Right after McCabe gets a great breakaway chance, they score. That's how hockey works. No, but your Easy. parents can check it out on the U- on the Keel Show YouTube channel, the replay tomorrow, or yep. their favorite podcatcher, whether it be Google, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Plug it, dude. Tune in. Plug it. We're on SoundCloud, that's where we put it on, but... Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a couple other wonky, like, podcast sites that just take podcasts from, like, other sites. Yeah. But SoundCloud, yeah. people's mixtapes and this podcast. That's yep. what you'll find. That's on where you get, oh, and well, people's hey. random rap mixtapes well, in this podcast. Be, because here's the, well, here's the kicker about it. I wonder how like I wonder if the audio just went to crap because I turned that mic on. Because sometimes when I turn that mic on, it just yikes ruins everything. Cause, yeah, yeah. Cause Wait, kept, this mic? Yeah. Well, no, it makes it sound fuzzy. How do I but sound? Am I too loud? I don't know. Yeah, I can't hear it. <laughs> I can't hear. You think I can hear what's going on right now? This whole time I've just for been all we know, like loud. everyone watching or listening, just oh like, you're just hearing. <laughs> Just scratch and then see our mouths moving on the video. We're like, I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> and it's <laughs> Cooper White Dog. Oh my gosh, don't score. Oh, nice save by Hutchie. Nothing Big like save. a good buffer impression. And it's, uh, dude, if I ever dude, had. Dude, hold go- on. A commercial came out with him in someone's bathroom and he's just yelling in this guy's face while he's like brushing his teeth. It's the best. It's commercial. time yes. to brush your teeth. <laughs> That's a commercial that you would come up with. Certainly. I'm all for just making dumb marketing decisions, man. I run this podcast. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Kelly's just straight chilling. Kelly's just, there just you want me to take another bite of the cake so you don't feel bad? Yes. Cooper, you are, I, I said it yesterday. You and Cooper, I think you eat more food and no one else does. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's true. But. Oh, my God. There's still ice cream cake after this, dude. Do we have enough milk? Am I okay? I'll say this right now. Am I the milk. only person that has to drink milk after having ice cream? Yes. 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 What? Why? Because ice cream is a dairy product. So well, I need. We need something to wash it down, and water just bleh. Like milk. The only does. thing I need milk with is cookies. 
That's it. That's true. Well, then again, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen her eat Oreos. You don't have a mic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't have a mic. Stop it, peasant, without your mic. (laughs) Oh wow! Sorry. Oh boy. Well, the rigatoni was good. Nope. Nope. She she gets the mic. I got you. It's yellow cake with like the cookies and cream Oreo like frosting, and the ice cream is the cake batter. With golden Oreos, people are still watching. Regular this, by the way. Oreos nice. and cookie dough. Apparently, what I said went in one ear and out the other. No, y- yellow good. cake and cookies and cream frosting. I saw. We saw the cake. Yeah, but you didn't see. I was telling you what was in the ice cream part. What you said? Cake batter. Cake batter ice cream, but there's mix-ins. Oh, mix-ins. Did you golden Oreos? Oreos. Oh. Regular Oreos and cookie dough. Did you order this last night or this? Oh. Yes. I was about to say. I'm like. Oh, yeah, I, I need a cake in 12 hours. I need, like, a fancy dancy. <laughs> What'd you do? Did you dip it? In, did you dip the f- cord in the frosting? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Don't lick the cord. I you have a, you have Kleenex right there next to you, bud. Yeah, what am I doing? Gosh, sanitary. Where, up I was about to say, mask up, everybody. I'm like, here we are, just surround each other. Well, okay, Cooper and I test. Well, do you test? I test. Uh, no, I don't test. Oh, good I'm Lord. Vaccinated. Yeah, Kelly's vaccinated. I tested, though. I mean, well... But well, I was separate from this country. But I'm safe. I wear my mask. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, we wear masks, even though. Oh, I t- you you saw my text today, right? I don't know my text. That was it was a screenshot about the email of how the hockey team has to test next week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. to me, where, to me and Ryan, where literally they are going to test Tuesday morning, so the players don't have to wear a mask to the rink for the game Tuesday night. That's nope, stupid. nope. We should still wear masks. Ma- yeah, I'm like that. This is still, still do that. Yeah. And that was from the guy that's in charge of testing at Davenport. Yeah. Wow, that is disappointing on so many levels. It's okay. See, I Cooper can just nod his head, whatever, because he right. may get in trouble. I don't, because I'm not coming back. So right, and I won't say the guy's name, but he's a good dude. But I just right did. now, I was like, Meh. no, I didn't say his name. Did. I, I didn't. No, I didn't yeah, say. Did. No, we didn't. I didn't say the guy's name. He did not once. You did. No, I said it was a. I said it was Davenport. I didn't say who. No. The email that. What? Like, said you, said you? No, I didn't say. I didn't say no, it. One we didn't say it. We didn't say it on the air. We didn't say it. I never, I'll never mention names because that's. I will a, go back and look. You said it. Unfortunately, I don't have a lawyer. I can't say the guy's name. <laughs> I said that the guy that runs the testing was the one that did it. I'm going to take this chunk. I love Reese's Pieces. Take this chunk of chunk of chocolate and peanut butter. This margarita is what dreams are made of. <laughs> I'm convinced. It's so good. You, wait. It's, it's, taste, it's tasty. You hate my margaritas because. Because you you just say there's no there's no margarita mix in it. I just don't like them on on the rocks. Frozen is is my. Is oh yeah, frozen is always really good. But I'm always scared of my posture. I'm a sloucher. Oh well, I I don't think I've ever talked about it. The first time we ever did because we do Panther. I'm on a pillow. God, we do we, we do Panther Weekly at Davenport. We, we used to back we when used to. you could just go freely in and out of the building. Yeah. And the very first one we did, what was it, was it football? I think football. It was, was football. First. It was him and I did it and. Cooper, I'm over here with my even though it's Ryan's sport. Yeah, and I'm over here. I'm over here like posture up and everything. Cooper's over here in like a cutoff, like Davenport best looking, like Ron Gardenhire, just Just, like just really our football. Yeah, they've got a couple good guys in their football team in there. Just straight hunched, (laughs) looking like you're just mad. You look like Kevin Tidy going to a press conference. Kevin Tidy coming in there just like miserable every day. Yeah, hunched over. They're playing right now. Kelly's walking. I guess Kelly's leaving. Kelly's leaving. Bye, Kelly. Thanks for the margaritas. I said thank you for dinner. I said dinner. I did mention dinner. 
I mentioned that like three times throughout the you show. Have five minutes left. Oh, I usually cut it early because I make We're, sure. Oh, what? What do you want? So what? much fun. I know. Like I said, this last. I, know, I can talk about anything. Well, we can talk about anything. I know we can't talk about hockey with you because you just hockey. Keep, literally, I should, I'm gonna when I post this later, I'm gonna be like, listen, the last half hour is just nonsense. Yeah. If, if you're listening on the podcast podcast form, don't even bother. Just yeah. go. Go over to the YouTube channel and see what the heck was actually yeah. happening. Because hashtag content creators. Hashtag content. Just get us to Tyson. Just get us to Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even get it to two overtimes. <laughs> every time I'm watching, if it, if I hold on, every time I'm watching an event now, just because I want to watch the event after it, I'm just in my head. Get us to Tyson. Just get us to Tyson. Literally, Do they next story? next season. I think I no, because I, I talked about watching the fight. Okay. But if for some dumb reason I'm still in West Michigan next year and I have a Saturday night off, we just needed to do you and I just live reactions to whatever the heck is going on. Whatever, yeah. College football or whatever, just right. whatever's going on. The UFC fight tonight. Get us to McGregor! <laughs> just get us to Connor, baby. Get us to Connor! Come on. Or uh, just watching some random Gus Johnson game. Or- oh, we just have... Because every time... No, every play is going to be Gus Johnson! <laughs> No, seriously, if Gus Johnson is not the voice Ellinger. of if Gus Johnson is not the voice of the next NCAA football game and it's Chris Fowler, I will I will not Gosh. I will not pay for the game. It's I been will. so long, it might not be Well, it'll it'll be Fowler and Herb Street probably. Because EAA Sports has like that buddy buddy relationship with ESPN. But can you imagine if it was Gus Johnson? The oh, first NCAA football game back and it's Gus Johnson. We are here live in Michigan Stadium, the big house <laughs> between this matchup for Michigan and Number 20, Ohio State. B. Ohio oh. State. Oh, God. Don't do the. Please don't throw the V out there. Sorry. No one likes it. I just v. know that Gus would. That's why I did it. Kelly's going to throw you out of the apartment if you say the one more time before Ohio right. State. Well, just let me finish my mark. <laughs> just know that Ohio State got throttled 6 nothing Saturday night to Michigan hockey. And basketball, Michigan beat Ohio State yesterday. Both men's well. and women's. Men's and women's swept them. Yeah, 3-0. 3-0 day for the Now, for the, the Buckeyes did split with the Wolverines in hockey, though, but still, 3 out of 4. Not still, bad. Still, that is good. Yeah, 3 yeah, out yeah. of 4. I always wonder why they'd ever do that. Like, if you have hockey, basketball, and football, especially for Michigan-Ohio State, in the same weekend, even if you have volleyball, that's a fall sport, have Michigan Ohio State volleyball, Michigan yep. Ohio State basketball, Michigan or both basketball, Michigan Ohio State hockey, and if you really want to go far, Michigan Ohio State soccer, men's and women's, all in one weekend. Just pack them all in. Just pack them all in. Uh, we should probably sign her off here, Coop, because I only got about a minute and change here. Let me, I gotta figure myself out here because I'm just glad that we didn't go over because I was not paying attention for a good five minutes there, so I was not sure how we were going to end the show today. <laughs> So that has been it for this one, folks, here on The Kewl Show here on 12 Hour Sports. Once again, make sure you check out the replay tomorrow on the YouTube channel or your favorite podcatcher. I'm Tyler Kewl, the Insider of the Insiders. Thank you to Laura and Todd for coming on the show. You check out those interviews later as well. Cooper for tagging along. Thank you, Kelly, for dinner, dessert, and margarita. She's coming in hot here saying goodbye. Thank you once again to all of you for tuning in for this lovely episode of The Kewl Show. And happy birthday, Tyler. Happy birthday, happy birthday Tyler. Eric Pesolano wins tonight, 8.30 on the Kiel Show Networks. We'll be doing that. We'll see you all next time. Have a good one, everybody. Goodbye. It's probably cut the stream out before it's in I mean, it's actually on.